Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bottom of the Bill. We got our boy Kevin Maines on today. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm really good. Thank you so much for being thanks, here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for making the long drive over here yeah. from yeah. Avondale. Three blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really? Is that close? Yeah, I had to stop and get gas. So I, so <laughs> I pause. I pretty much live in Avondale then, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should claim but, it. I like the poorer part of Avondale, but that's cool. There's no poor. What are you trying to say? Well, have you seen Billy's house? Don't, yeah, they see it right now. That's a great oh, house, Bill. I'm just joking house. with you. Let's do yeah. our obligatory cheers yeah. before we uh, to get Billy. started here. To Billy and yeah. his, his poor house. And his poor house in Avondale. The one poor house in Avondale. Oh, man. We're all drinking to it, Bill. Just get behind it. I'm uh, Yeah. But it's um, a rich house in, in uh, Riverside. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I think. It's a rich house in Riverside? Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, okay. Um, all right. So I'm just going to go ahead and s- – what are we doing? Hangout Express is at A1A Ale Works on April 17th. Make sure you come and see us there. Wow, in a year? That's great. Wait, April? Wait, what day is it? It's April 26th today. Or 27th, April 26th. Actually. Jesus, my head is all over the place today, guys. <laughs> I'm not doing show announcements on this episode because I'll, I'll I don't do have them I'll up. do the show announcements. What do you got? You can do them, yeah. Come on. Uh, 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 I'd love to hear them. Oh, he, he meant to say May 7th. May 7th, yeah. Uh, A1A Ale Works, and that's it. Uh, what else? What do I got going? He's he's playing at uh, Ocean Club. Ocean Club. That's a private one, for, so all you plebs can't come. I'm and sorry. And you're playing at A1A again <laughs> on Sunday, so just keep it rolling. Yeah. And then don't forget to buy your Orange Blossom Jamboree tickets. Greenhouse Lounge is playing in just two weeks, May 15th. And also your Orange Blossom Review tickets uh, for December 3rd, because we're playing with the Wood Brothers and a bunch of other Yeah, other get awesome on that. Bands. Yeah, they're going quick, because it's, it's only nine months away. <laughs> December. Is that what that is? Yeah, in December. You guys think you want to promote? It's a good show. We, no, um, we played, or, which was the last one you said? Orange Blossom Review. Yeah, um, that's the only show I'd like to promote, is our, we played that four years ago. Um, that's it. So people... You Look missed it. Up it. Online, maybe? Little, you have a flex little, capacitor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get your tickets. <laughs> that's the that's the closest thing to a show I can think of at the moment. Yeah. You haven't played any shows this year, last year? I moved to Jacksonville with the intention of being closer to where the band plays. Yeah. And then I have not played a single show. Because well, I mean, the COVID thing went on, but. Yeah, to be fair, you said that you moved here about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, December yeah. and then, yeah. you know, three or 2019. months. 2019. But. Yeah, like, what are you going to do? I was still just like, yeah, fuck it. We'll start playing them again at some point. Well, um, just in no, I'm in no rush. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying. Like, I, I like the act of playing. I'm enjoying not doing all the other shit. Right. Really, really enjoying that stuff immensely. Yeah, taking the and, time and, and getting here and seeing you guys doing your thing. Really hammered that home. I may take off another year. Yeah, I after uh, seeing you guys doing phone calls and all that stuff. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's <laughs> I, I'm. If I've in, well, I've inspired somebody then. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I got you You've covered, inspired bro. me to retire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. So I'm a fucking constant ball of stress over this shit. So yeah. What are you gonna do though? Part of the game, I guess. That's, that's the deal. Um, who would have thought playing music could suck so much? You know. I love it. I love it. I'm just joking. I just show up at shows and you do I everything. Actually, else. I actually like. Yeah. I, I actually like yeah. all the business stuff. That was one of my unpopular opinions a few weeks ago. No, I quit. I quit yeah. my. I quit my band because I was the one doing all the hard work, and then I was just like, "Who wants to hire me?" Also, I don't. I'm not doing anything except for learning your songs. Yeah, you do more than that now, though. No, I know because I, I can't not. Yeah, you, you can't. There's yeah. just too much talent. If you care about like your career, no, not like that. <laughs> if you care about your career, no, that's busting my balls already. If you care about your career enough, you want to like you know, do as much as you can. So it's hard. It was hard for me to be like, 
no, I don't want to. I don't want to help. Yeah. I'm not well, helping. and you you're know, it's you're good helper. not to be a dick when you're in a band and like let somebody else do literally everything. Yeah, it's good. To, sure. It's good to help out a bit. It's also good if, if you're going to be the one doing all that stuff to be able to delegate and let people know that yeah. they're valued in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, totally. It's a, it's well, a hard I, lesson to come to. My, on my end. Uh, the band that I'm in now was originally called Kevin Maines and the Volts. Yeah. And I felt like that really gave everybody um, carte blanche to do nothing. Yeah. Because my name was on it. So yeah. I'm like, all right, well, I'm taking my name off. We're just the Volts now. And um, nothing changed. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he did. It did not work out as well. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. Well, it was the Anton the Plume <laughs> band, and okay. I was, which I never wanted that to be the name from the get-go. Don't but, get to pick your name, right? Well, because I just I couldn't think of a band name, and I was trying to get to gigging quick when yeah. I first got to Jack's. That's so how like, it happens. Yeah. yeah. And then it just became Anton LaPlume Band, and then, then we started gigging around town as a cover band with Side Hustle. And I was like, then after a gig in Orlando one day, our friend uh, Colin, shout out to Colin Christopher down in Orlando, he uh, he came comes up to us after the show and like, man, uh, Anton LaPlume Band sucks for a name. And I was like, "Thanks, man." Yeah, we've been talking about changing it for a while. I was like, "You really got to do that, like now, because right. no one's gonna remember that." And uh, so we, from then, it was like, "Well, let's think of a band name." We we're like, "Well, Side Hustle works." And at the time, we had done a little bit of research to, f- to see if there was if there was any other side hustles out there, and we couldn't find any other pages or anything right. like that. So uh, we decided to take it the name on, and now we own the trademark. So we're coming for you. I'm just saying, Ooh. or make uh, money for us. Yes. or make money for us. Yeah. and then we'll just just. We'll send you a bill. I'll send you a bill, yeah. <laughs> Are you sure he meant the name Anton LaPlume sucks uh, for a name of a band, or was he just, like, saying, like, because oh. that would be a dick move. Yeah, he's like, hey, your name sucks. If, your name's dumb. And then you change the band name, and then the next show he's just like, hey, your name still sucks, guy. Yeah. You're like, what? I I actually revel in the fact that people don't like my name because I feel like it's, I lo- it, it's I a character. I fucking know? love your name. Thank you. So, obviously, LaPlume, is, it, just, it rolls off the tongue. I say, like, I'll be honest. I say your name when I'm walking around my house sometime, just, just, <laughs> just while I'm doing chores. Like most people whistle or something. The, the way that you're saying it yeah. and looking at me is making me very uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm here. <laughs> it, I'll just walk around going, la plume, la plume, all the time. That's good. Yeah, yeah. My, my uh, chick doesn't notice because she'd probably wonder. But um, yeah, I do that. I'm not, and I'm not fucking around for the show and saying that. I've done that before. I was talking to go, la plume. La Plume. Yeah. It's a good one if you want to work on your diction. Yeah. La Plume. It's great. Before a show, you know. And you know what? I've, I've started going La Plume. Yes. Recently. That's, that's, a, that's a big one. Have you, uh, well, it's from Silicon Valley. You seen that? Uh, yes. I love that show. There's that, you know, Ron LaFlamme? No. The, the attorney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So his name's Ron LaFlamme. There's a scene in there where Peter Gregory is the only person that calls him. He goes, your attorney, Ron LaFlamme. And right when he said that, I went... La Plume. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Because I'm, I'm on a Silicon Valley bender right now. I love that yeah. show. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. Ron La Flamme. I've been watching it. I watched uh, All of Better Call Saul and then I've been watching All of Breaking Bad. I need something a little bit more high spirited. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, man. Get, get back start. into, get the, back into in Silicon Valley. Yeah, I think I might. It's, a very, it's, it's very relatable to, to, to the music industry. Yeah, too. like it's startups all and all the startups. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of music. Well, it's just so constantly getting your dick knocked in the dirt. Yeah. You know, As we're experiencing right now. Yeah. Which we're not going to get into in this episode. Nothing's been finalized, but yeah. it's uh, 
A lot, of, a lot of dick in the dirt right now, I will say. A lot of, dirty, a lot of dick, dirty dicks a in this dirty dicks. You know what I mean? A lot of yeah. dirty dicks. That, barely any dirt left in the yard yeah, there's <laughs> at this point. If we ever start if you ever start a management group, that's what it should be called. Dirty dicks. Dirty, dirty dick dicks. management. Dirty dicks management. Yeah. Or a good band name, Dirty Dick and the Boys. Dirty dick. Well, <laughs> I don't like how it's in the boys. No, and the boys. Oh, and the boys. Dirty dicks and the boys. Oh, I thought dirty dick and the boys. I thought you said dirty dick and the boys. No, you don't do that. Well, that's kind of what you said. That's not what I said. I said and the boys. I mean, I've got witness here. Okay, I heard it. Yeah, Run the tape back, Jamie. We were gonna go with uh, uh, Ant. Uh, he didn't like Anton and the and the Plumes. That's right. a terrible That's, name. That'd have been the first one that That's you. That's what think I of. said. Yeah, we were a fucking like '60s Motown band. Yeah, Plumes. Yeah, Anton, Anton and, and the, the Plumes. Anton and the Plumes. Yeah. yeah. Not, Not in the plumes. And, and the plumes, and yeah, plumes. sorry. Very Earth Angel. I have a bit of a speech impediment, so sometimes my he's, words don't come out right. You keep yeah. saying that, but I think that's just your excuse yeah. for sounding Very dumb. Marvin Berry. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Yeah, there's a lot of Where are you from? banner before us. Where are you from, Kevin? Avondale. You're from Avondale? Yeah, Ocala, uh, via Ocala. Via Ocala, yeah. Via Ocala. Via Ocala. Via, via Ocala? No, it's not Ocala. Um... Not since I was there. You're not a local localin. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Billy said that in the mic. Yeah. We, we played in Ocala one time, and he was like, oh, Okala. Yeah. Love Okala. I, I and I was so. like, what are you doing, bro? It pro- you know, I mean, it's clearly an Indian name, so it probably was that to begin with. Yeah. Uh, then my boys got in town, and it yeah. turned it into Okala. Yeah. Yeah. Ocala. Ocala. Yeah, yeah. 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 we went from Okala to Ocala. Good old boys. Yeah, That's the good old boys. The, 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 the horse industry showed up, and it turned into Ocala. Yeah, they yeah. just... The so hard, real hard A. We <laughs> haven't been back there. We only played there one time, and it was at that pizza place. It yeah, was the, the awesome. pie. Yeah, and it was on, we played on the roof, yeah, like we were the Beatles the or something. It was yeah. dope. Yeah. yeah. I did love it there, too. Yeah, it was Last fun. time I checked. Adam, the drummer that we played with and, at yeah, New Year's, Adam he was Volp, a manager yeah. there. Yeah, Adam Volpe. Yeah, he's a manager there. That's Shout out to Adam game. Volpe, a phenomenal drummer and just a good dude in general. I do know him. I know his name. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah. All right, so when did you discover when did you discover music as, like, Something that you were passionate about. I was uh, about 21. Okay. Really late. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I was. Um, you didn't like music growing up or anything? I mean, I liked it like like everybody likes music. Yeah. I mean, it was the 80s. We all listened to Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. My dad was a DJ and he was a drummer growing up. Um, but yeah, no, not. I never really played. I was always into playing sports. Okay. It was always, the Maine's household is a baseball family. It's just all baseball. Who's your all, team? All the time. Um, it's. I don't really watch any sports anymore, but the uh, it's the Braves. I mean, the Braves. Oh, it's yeah. even worse, man. Well, because at the time there <laughs> yeah, wasn't I anybody know. else. Yeah, you it was had the Marlins. I mean, not, yeah. Marlins this, this is pre-Marlins. Yeah. When oh I first yeah, you're started right. watching baseball. The second closest team to Atlanta was Cincinnati uh, Reds. Oh wow. Yeah, that's wild. Maybe I'm dating myself here, but um, yeah, that's it was pre-Tampa, pre-Marlins, pre-everything. Wow. And like, I'm not getting on any Miami team's bandwagon. Until they show like twenty years of positive play, the Heat's been doing pretty good for like a decade. Who? Yeah, Heat? I mean, I don't, uh, basketball doesn't count. Basketball's not a oh, sport. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a sport. Okay. It's the first time the <laughs> yeah. Marlins went to the playoffs in seventeen years. It just went to the playoffs. When this year? Yeah. Is that right? Last year, set, since two thousand. During COVID, right? T- during, since two thousand three, when they won the World Series. It was yeah, basically yeah, yeah. a technicality that they, that they got there. Mm. Yeah, right? short yeah, season and all. They were the first team to get COVID and they were out for two weeks. Yeah. And then there's only 60 games. So their uh, uh, percentage. What percentage do they do with those so games? High. Just, just, just draw. Just, no, just doesn't do anything. Like they, the, the games any, you miss. They, all they care about is your percentage. Really? And that's how you got in. That's awful. Yeah. Well, last year's, uh, the world series was a farce. So you wait till you're playing. Uh, uh, who's, who's a really good team in baseball right now? 
uh, for the Dodgers. So you uh, wait till you so you wait till you got an away run at the Dodgers, yeah. and you go send somebody into a nursing home or right, something right, right. that's definitely going to get COVID. Oh, yeah. Bring them back it. in and have them lick every doorknob in the locker room and be like, sorry, can't go so, play the Dodgers. Sorry, guys. I mean, in it's, L.A. It's, not, it's a good way to not get swept, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's the deal. Well, all right, so, so, so you grew up playing sports. Yes. Um, sports. Got done with sports. Um, went to college. Always had a – I always had a guitar in my room. I had my dad's old guitar, and – you know, I uh, f- fucked around a little bit here and there, but it really wasn't until um, I took mushrooms at a Dave Matthews concert. Nice. Yeah. Sorry. I don't get it. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of his at the time, and I don't know that I've listened to any of it since. But in that moment, for some reason, I really liked it, and I went home and just started playing oh, like immediately, and I never. It's good music. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't mind Dave. I'm actually. Let me back up. I didn't mind Dave Matthews' music at the time. It's not my thing. Hasn't yeah. been for 15 years. Um, but yeah, and after that, it was uh, you know you caught I got the bug and and almost dropped out of college because I just stopped going to class and you just sit in the room and do all the things. And um, yeah, that was that was when it started. And I got into bands. I don't know a couple years after that, I was probably proficient enough to play in awful bands. So it, that's what I did. It's wild to me that you were 21 before you really started playing because you're a really yeah. good player. Thanks. And you don't, uh, like, typically when people start so, like, you know, that late, it's not a, you know, it always sounds like they didn't play for like, their whole life. Sure. You know, yeah. with the exception of, like, Wes Montgomery, who was 21 when he started, or, like, Albert right. King, who was like, in his 30s, I think, when he started. Right. So, it's, you know, there's exceptions, but it, it's wild to me. Yeah, maybe it was a... Uh Maybe being unemployed for like five years after college helped because yeah. I just <laughs> sat in a room and, and played. Yeah, um, I can see that. So my college degree was basically worthless, so nobody would hire me. What did you get a degree in? Communications. It's a good one. Just it's or, like journalism or philosophy sp- or something. Sp- so communications at UCF was the one that everybody goes to that couldn't get into. Was it advertising or journalism? I forget. With me, it was. Um, it was. It was the, the, the shortest walk from my, where I was living. Really? No shit. Because I, I, I didn't know what else to do, so I'm like, well, I might as well. Like, if you're, if you're going on the line of what you're going to study and reasons to study them, and you literally don't have any, distance comes up on the list at some point. That's interesting. I was like, I, never I guess we'll that. just go to that one. Communications, that works. Yeah. So I mean, how's how your, how your career as a stripper been? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is I don't, I don't know what the major's in. I don't find myself to be a very good communicator. If that's, if that you're doing a great job right now. It, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know what I did there. I, I have no <laughs> idea what it was. Yeah. You discovered music and took drugs. I feel like I could have done that without the, the 40 grand of college tuition. Though. Probably could have, but like, I, mean, I just never know. Yeah, I, so I, just attribute to that. I took 50 bucks of mushrooms at a Dave Matthews concert that I won tickets for free on a radio show. Nice. So, yeah, I, I feel like I could have done that without going to college. Yeah, probably. But I don't know. <laughs> it was a lot of fun either way. But um, so you, so that's so, what happened. So you started playing guitar or you started really yeah. taking it seriously after that? Immedi- yeah, immediately. Like the, the second I started playing, um, <clears throat> I, I lose interest in basically anything if there's not a potential profession attached to it. Like I don't have hobbies. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. Everything I do, it's like and then once I'm not doing it professionally anymore, I completely lose interest. Like, yeah. like baseball, I was it was my entire life up until the age of 18 
when I realized I probably wasn't good enough to play at like a big Division One A school. And after my last game, I still have not picked up a baseball since. Really? Not once to yeah. throw it. Because I was just like, all right, well, that's over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, what's I, next? I'm the same way with, like, skateboarding when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I wanted, like, when I was, like, between the ages, like, 10 and 15, I went, like, really hard with, like, you know, get, like, getting all the good gear and, like, really practicing and trying to get good. And I got, you know, decent. But got to a point where I realized that I probably wasn't going to get sponsored or make a living right. doing this because I wasn't that good and I kept getting really hurt all the time. Yeah, yeah. And can I you was still skateboard? That added I, thing. I can still skate a little bit. I can do like a couple tricks here and there. But, but can you just stay on the board and move around? Yeah, I can you're do trying to incorporate this yeah. into the show, like, aren't you? You? You, can, you can just keep on staying on the board. What would you say? You're trying to. You're already trying to incorporate this into your show, aren't you? No, I'm just I'm surprised. I can't I can't do anything athletic. I love sports more than anything, too, growing up, but I was just bad at them. I can play. still do some stuff on, with, on a skateboard for sure. But like I can still like kick flip and like molly kick flip, kick flip and I can do a pop shove it. Yeah, you do a fakey, bro. Do a fakey, do fakey shove it, bro. Yeah, I can do all, bro. I can do it all. Do switch, switch flips, you know all that stuff. Uh, but but yeah, I mean it's definitely uncomfortable when I'm on a board now. It's not like natural anymore. But I'm yeah. Anyways, it's the same shit. It's like I I do something with the intention to try and like build it into something. And then when I realize it's not going to happen, awesome. I'm just like over it. Out of here. Yeah. Well, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. So for me, why would I, why would I put my time, my focus and my energy um, <clears throat> into something else? Right. Like it's, it's also why I don't play really golf anymore. I played golf growing up just leisurely. Everyone else I know uh, plays golf because that's what guys do when you get to be over the age of whatever. Um, but I don't because it's five hours. And I was like, that's five hours that I should be playing my guitar because that's kind of the profession that I chose at the time. Right. So I, I, just, I gave up golf, which seems like a pretty easy thing to just, hey, why don't you just go? My friends would be like, why don't you just come play and knock it around with us? No, no, friend. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> no I don't think you understand how yeah. serious I am about this other thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it gets it's a little bit obsessive. So you're competitive then, I guess? Not really anymore, though. Like no. when I was young, definitely. Now... I don't know. Maybe I've lost enough to where I don't give a shit. Maybe it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. I'm just like, well, I might lose, so let's not be super competitive about well, like, this. Like, it almost goes hand in hand with like you can't you can't have a hobby because you just want to like you know, in lack of better words, be the best at it, right? So maybe I think it's more for self preservation. Preservation. You can be at it, I guess. Yeah. Well, maybe the, and you got a living. Yeah, and then and it actually makes you money. Yeah. Like so I came to the a, a very. Uh, heavy realization when I got out of college <clears throat> that um, I had not learned a skill set <laughs> and the world basically uh, taught me some very quick lessons or some very heavy lessons very quickly and that's that um, yeah we don't give a shit right <laughs> that cool degree we don't give a shit you can't do anything right, right? you just can't that was my fault I didn't I didn't study anything that actually had any value because up until that point, I'd been told, like most people from our generation, because <clears throat> our parents' generation, many of them didn't go to college or whatever. It was, uh, at the time, if you just got a degree, people basically threw some sort of job at you or whatever. Right. So I was told the same thing. Only problem is, is that catches up because by the time my generation went through college, everybody was going to college. So that's not good enough anymore. Right. The now, was yeah, flooded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the entire ocean had just risen. So everybody's boats were still at the same jumping off point so um or a lake i guess i guess oceans probably don't rise um well well yeah a little warmer yeah right, right. you know not not, <laughs> not huge amounts at a time but, yeah um so it i went through a lot of years of basically being completely broke and like 
having to borrow money to pay the rent and 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 getting fired from jobs and like I've still to this day never had a, a salary because um, I eventually I, I became self-employed but so it was always <clears throat> okay if I'm gonna play music I need to figure out a way to make money at this which means I need to get as good at this as quickly as humanly possible because I can't get another fucking job. So I need to start making, I need to start monetizing this in like six months. So I need to learn 300 songs in six months. Yeah. So I can go pester some bars to let me play or like I'm gonna have to ask somebody for money again. Right. So that's what it was. It wasn't a competitive thing. I, uh, and it wasn't really like, I wanna be the best I can be. I did it a lot because I, 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 I enjoyed it immensely, right? I mean, that's what it was. It wasn't ever a, I wanna be the best player. It was just, I'm going to do this all the time because it's my favorite thing to do. Right. Right. Um, and it was, like most musicians, it was a, a, a massive release. Um, it was therapeutic, you know. So that was it. But the, the main part of it, of working so hard at it, was, was to, to, to become a pro at it and make it something where, okay, I can do this now for a living and I don't have to get a job at that fucking mortgage firm again or whatever that they're just going to fire me at in six months anyway. Right. Because all I do is sit in my cubicle and listen to live Allman Brothers <laughs> albums right. instead of working anyway. Right. Which is basically why I got canned from every job when I ever did had. You, when did you make the jump like that, though? To what? To being like, I'm going to, I got to learn all these songs in six months and then. It was after I got fired. One, and coincidentally, I got from a mortgage firm. Um, we had collectively just tanked the world economy in 2008. <laughs> oh, you're, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, I, f I feel like that wasn't my fault because I sucked at it. So I wasn't actually pushing any paper. Yeah. I was trying to sink the world economy, but I failed. Yeah. Uh, by association. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wasn't any good. But everybody in my office was, you know, always be closed and all that stuff. Always and I'm like, I'm always, ABC. you know, be watching fish on yeah. YouTube <laughs> yeah, at the time. And um, so I got abruptly canned from that job. And it was that was after a few basically like that and it was I was really close at that point to having enough uh, material to start playing bars and everything so I was like I've got enough I, I think I went on um, unemployment and it was like three months long I think and I was like alright I think I've got a three month runway here and that was when I was like alright I gotta get stage ready immediately so that I can keep the lights on and so that's when I just floored it when it came to that particular it took you about three months yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I I'm just writing this down for my own record. Yeah, about so three I'm, I'm about to do the same thing. Sure. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. About. Yeah. Well, see, I had a, a bunch before that that was like casually working on. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, it probably take you like one month. Don't say that. I mean, you're gigging all the time now. You're you're fresh. That's true, but I yeah. don't. But you sing too, right? I do. Yeah. Were you singing the whole time when you were gigging? That's the thing. Yeah. That, yeah. I was doing that's... I was doing the bar thing. Like, yeah. That's, like that's the that's what's 150, back, 200 bucks. I, a, I gotta learn how to sing. If yeah, man. If God, if you can't sing in music, um. God, your, your career prospects are screwed when it comes, like your monetary ones, mm -hmm. because you can't do the single man no, bar thing. And that's where the money is in the scope. until you start selling records. Right, yes. Right, right. In the scope of the bar no, 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 scene. No, 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 yeah, I know, the, I know. Yeah. But I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, but again, like this is why it's, it's very important to, to make, to make sure that, that you think larger than that scope. So, so if you don't sing, you can actually, you know, still have like a reason to con like nobody wants to be doing the bar thing for I mean, most people don't want to be doing the, the bar thing forever. So if you can't think of that, like, at least for me, I can't think of that as a scope of, you know, like, well, this is how you make money. Because right. this is not how you make money in the music. This is the, the the bar scene is not the music industry. It's the bar industry, right, yeah. uh, but just on the entertainment end of it. You know, well, it's, it's a it's a Faustian bargain. Like you can make 
you can make more money in the short term than yes. like than playing original music in your original band. But it, it's it's a it's a carrot. Like it's never going up. Exactly. You can't, you can't scale that business up because you can't you can't uh, you can't copy yourself. So you, it's like you can put yourself out there playing more gigs. So you're stuck. And that's it. So your ceiling is your ceiling, unless the entire industry goes up, which that's not happening. Well, you could do weddings yeah. and corporate gigs and stuff, and, and but still, and, like that's, yeah, that's but you still the have top. a cap, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the cap, and yeah. you're capped by uh, by your time resource. Yeah, exactly. Right? So that's it. Um, and yeah, a lot of people are more than happy to do that because I mean, let's face it, a lot of people there's nobody wants to listen to their original music anyway, and it takes everybody a while to to realize that. But most of you guys you see playing the bars that are like, you know, 50, 60 years old, they just like records weren't going to sell anyway. Like nobody's going to buy. Actually, most of them, they literally never wrote an original song or started a band or anything. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't even a thing. Maybe they thought in their head that like. They get discovered or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a thing. And I, I don't really I, I feel like that takes a, a severe lack of observation. That's if why can, the movie yeah. A Star is Born is the worst movie I think I've ever seen in my entire Horrendous. life. Yeah, it's not real. It's the most unrealistic <laughs> thing ever. The only good thing about <laughs> that movie is the one before that had Chris Christopherson, clearly. Yeah. I mean, anything with him in it is Oscar level uh, because he's in it. And everything else is absolute dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I'll watch anything. I'll watch I'm just trying to get Chris Christopherson do anything. this drag... Well, well, it's the it's the uh, you know it's the Drag thing show. that that everybody that's not in the shit yeah. uh, thinks of the, the thing. Right? They think it's we you've all got it. We've all got it. You should go on the Voice. I'm like that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing in my genre. A eh? it's just it's just not a thing. Regardless, that's not none of that's a thing. Yeah, you know. It's also like like it's it's funny because like if you look at the outcome of a lot of, a lot of these people that go on those shows. There's a handful that have made successful careers after the fact, mm-hmm. and the, the ones that do are usually the ones that were doing what we what we've been doing yeah. because they understand the actual work that goes into it. Or they just versus, become hosts on that show again. Yeah, but but, but <laughs> which is ridiculous. Those right. are usually yeah. the people. But those are usually the people that came in and say, "Well, you know, I just always wanted to sing, but you know, I work <laughs> at fucking at Boot and Crate and whatever <laughs> fucking yeah, outside yeah. of Nashville. Yeah. I've just never, I've never played a gig in my life, and I Boot and Crate. It's, yeah, but that's the kind of shit, you know what I mean? It's like, those are the totally. people that don't succeed because they have no idea what it means to actually work in the industry yeah. and actually, like, you know, what does it mean? Like, how release a record? Well, okay, how do you write a song? Okay, well, how do you produce the album? Yeah. Okay, well, how do you actually bring this to market so it doesn't just end up in the void of of everything? Have you, you know, it's uh, like, have you ever seen Fly of the Concords before? You ever yeah, of course. That show? Yeah. Uh, the, Super they, funny. They, I, I love that show because it's, it's like the most like accurate yeah. thing yeah, really yeah. about what a band is. Yeah. But uh, my favorite part of that show is when they're talking about like going to go see a movie. It's like, oh, it's not very realistic. And then they're talking about like a movie. like, yeah, you should talk about a band that starts at the bottom in the middle is on the bottom and at the end they're finally at the bottom yeah. <laughs> and that's like that's yeah. really what it is yeah that's it so we're I, just fucking living at the bottom of the bill baby. yeah bottom of the bill <laughs> oh man well whatever yeah but uh, anyway sorry i sidetracked a little bit uh but you were talking about yeah uh, that's a uh a, a, a great explanation about how you are only able to make the amount of money yeah. if you're making hourly yeah, it, it doesn't scale. It You're doesn't not going to scale. scale. The only thing I would say nowadays about cover bands, if they're getting that corporate and wedding level, is that the social media has to look really good 
because uh, yeah. there's a lot of money yeah. that people, especially when you get into like the real like private stuff where it's like you know you get like ten thousand dollars for a gig or something. The social media has to look good. So if you can make a YouTube and and your uh, Instagram and TikTok accounts look good to the point where people are following you regardless because you're giving you're you're also selling them on the social media you're selling them your lifestyle yeah on top of the, the cover music and you can get residual income from those channels and stuff that's the only thing i'll say now versus 10 years ago as a cover musician you, you, know? can, you can get like some saudi prince to fucking pay for your plane ticket out there and have a <laughs> like marcus gig. king did yeah yeah, yeah. did that really happen beyonce yeah did that he too. was on um i think it was ymh podcast with uh tom segura I think he was on that. Oh like yeah, he was. Months. Yeah, and he said that he goes. He's like, we got Marcus King was on on. That yeah, time. yeah. I guess that's they awesome. listened to that it. That guy's um, awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a funny show. Um, yeah, he said that some Saudi or Middle Eastern guy fly, flew the whole band out there for just an ungodly amount of money. Yeah, and they're like, how much? He's like, well, I'm not gonna say, but he's like, it was just stupid for what we did. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's like, we went out, did the thing, and came right back. He's like, it's just an insane. Beyonce did that too for one of the Saudi princes. Yeah, but Beyonce's a little bit different. Right. Yeah, that's true. Right. But uh, I just I just was just watching uh, Marcus King play a uh, cover of uh, Sugar Ree. I can't remember who else yeah. was in it. Did you see that one too? No, but I've heard it's, him it's, do it before. I don't know if it's new or not, but it was like all over YouTube. I was like, okay, I'll watch. Yeah. It was pretty good. He's a monster, that guy. Yeah, he's yeah. got the voice of a fucking like. And he's so young I don't too, know how right? To it. Yeah, he's like looks, 22 or something. He yeah. looks so old and giant and fat. He sounds old. As well, he's a little but thinner he, now. He's lost some weight. He lost, he lost some weight. Yeah, yeah. His wife is like really thin. into the health thing. She, she, sell, she sells. She uh, sells. What's that? That that juice or whatever that they that they do. Uh, it's a, like kind of like a pyramid kind of thing. And she hits up Chelsea all the time the about trying to selling the juices and shit like selling that. Selling juice. I, yeah, I hate juice. Yeah, beef um, Not into juice. Uh, fuck juice. It's unpopular I, I opinion. I'll I be honest. Fuck I, juice. Juice. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, juice. 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 We're not fucking running some kind of hippie program here. trying to put dick in, boys. You're saying you hate juice. Oh, my God. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to take a second to talk to you about one of our favorite music venues, Blue Jay Listening Room. Blue Jay is a space for true music lovers where every ticket is a backstage pass. Silence your cell phones, enjoy a nice glass of wine or craft beer, and be part of an intimate experience unlike anywhere else in Jacksonville. Hear national and local artists sing their original songs and share the stories behind them in a space carefully curated for the premier show-going experience. I personally have seen some of my favorite shows here, as well as having played with some of my heroes. Not only is Blue Jay a wonderfully unique experience, it has become a staple in the Florida music scene. Mention Bottom of the Bill on your next visit and receive 10% off your tab. Blue Jay is located at 2457 3rd Street South, Jacksonville Beach, and be sure to check out www.bluejayjacks.com for news, ticketing, and events. What are we doing? You hear the here, story guys? of um, of uh, Wilson Pickett when he um, recorded "Hey Jude." Wilson Pickett? No, Wilson Pickett. Um, Otis Redding. Otis Redding. Yeah. Hey Jude with uh, was Otis Redding? Um, Wilson Pickett. No, I think, no, I think it was Wilson, Wilson Pickett. Pickett. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Dwayne Allman. Yeah, Dwayne Allman. Yeah. So, yeah. So Dwayne suggested that he do that song. I think it was Dwayne. Maybe it was somebody else. And um, he had never heard it before. <laughs> well, I guess it was in the 70s, all right. So yeah, and he's listening to it. And, um, yeah, and he looks at me. He's like, I don't think I can do this song, man. And they're like, why? He's like, I mean, that's kind of fucked up. Like, kind of a little, you know, hey, it's a little Jude? funny. You know? And they're like, it's Jude. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, Jude. Okay, I can do that. That's yeah. fine. No problem. And he almost didn't do the song. That's like, so no. funny. I was like, nah. It's, what a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing version of that song, actually. Dwayne Allman crushes uh, that's it. That's the birth of Southern Rock, that moment when Dwayne... 
hits the. Uh, I don't think I've heard that. Hits the guitar solo at the end. That is the the quote unquote moment that Southern Rock was is that, exploded into. Is that the story? That's, that's the, the story. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That was the moment that Southern Rock became a thing. And then Leonard Skinner came out with their, Freebird. And that's <laughs> Freebird sure way Freebird. later. Yeah, they played that, that giant. Uh, they played in Alabama University in yeah. the, in the, in the uh, yeah. football stadium. Yeah, probably, probably with Freebird. Giant we're, in, we're in Jacksonville. Yeah. Are you, it was Freebird. Sure that's where Southern Rock is. That's Southern Rock. That's right. It is Freebird. That's okay. our favorite thing to do that was at the gigs. Height of it. When people people yell out Freebird, say, "Oh man, don't really like the Almond Brothers very much." Yeah, people get so mad too. Yeah. That would be good. Maybe I'll start like a like a like a sidebar with the Build Project where I just interview things. I've got a couple questions about it. Which uh, first off would be like, "What's your worst Freebird moment?" Right. I think that would be a good. That one. is a good it's one. Good yeah, one, right. Yeah, we I just came that up with that right now. Yeah, it's a good one. Right bad. down. Huh? Right down. Yeah, right. You got in the noggin? No, no, yeah. it'll stay up here for oh, sure. Right, yeah, yeah, I remember no. everything. But the second <laughs> one is, and this is uh, way off topic now, but uh, 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 what what is what do you think it means to be in the pocket? In the pocket. Yeah, to be in the pocket. Because it's everybody's. Shut up, Bill. Stop saying that. You can't, as a musician, say that there's no such thing as the pocket. He always I, says this. No, I just don't want to say. I said everybody's got a different answer. No, that, that's no. Not, that's what you well, say. So now, that's one of those questions. But that's that, not what you say in the van, though, right? That the my van just us my entire out. like musical don't, don't career the van. flashes before my eyes when you say that because I'm like, wow, like it's a that's a that's a. That's a mind-blowing question. That's a Dewey Cox moment. You got to think about Pretty your much. entire life. Pretty much. Yeah, I got to think about my entire <laughs> life before I do that. Because just the pocket. You don't, you don't have to answer. No, I'm, I'm not going to. I can't come up with that right. in a moment's well, notice. That's crazy. I got I to gotta go. It's, you know. But it, I the would. pocket is like dark matter. You know it's there, but you can't really see but it. But you can't measure it. It's like yeah, a soul. Yeah. It's, that would be better for you. Yeah. But you don't but, know what a soul yeah, is. Yeah, a soul. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. what that is. I'm a reptilian. You're filled with dark matter. <laughs> You're what? I'm, uh, Billy has this jo- running joke that I'm, I'm reptilian. It's not a joke. So I don't have a soul. Okay. And I'm uh, and it, and, and no, a... You're a ginger, though. Don't. He is ginger. He's in such denial about well, it. The, the ginger pot American. calling the kettle soulless. Yeah, right? I'm saying, bro. Isn't that the thing? Gingers don't have a soul? That is definitely the thing. That's the thing. I've seen South Park. Billy's in... Deep denial about his gingerness, and bro, you just gotta accept. It's because your hair is brown turned into blonde, isn't it? Oh no, no, no. it's orange. Let's be honest about orange? it. Orange? You got you're a ginger. I'm not a ginger. You're a ginger. Yeah. I got the freckles to prove it. You got freckles? Yeah, all over. Oh, cause you want to see later? I was gonna defend you. I was gonna <laughs> be like, no, I'll be honest. I don't think he's a ginger. No, he's, and then you just ginger, said you got bro. freckles. Yeah, well, you're definitely it's a ginger. He's I'm it's pretty bad. Now. He's he, he's 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 a little gingy. That's slur. Yeah, a little bit. Whoops. That's so you're ginger with a hard R. Yeah. Yeah. Gingy. Gingy? Whatever. Just trust me. I'm covered in freckles. Yeah, because you're... Yeah, I know I'm ginger. What are you going to do? Yeah. But I it's never said that you didn't have well a... Might as well be an O'Malley. No, so... so I'm a Bagley, actually. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> He's in such... It's, it's, you have it's no, no grounds. To it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. But you know what's really funny is that but one time about the, the whole me not having a soul thing yeah. is that one time when we were on the road, I, we went to this uh, gas station okay. and, I walked in, and I walked into the bathroom and it was one of those automated lights, those motion sensor lights, and the light didn't go on. No, no, no. Sean, no, better. Sean and walks me in. Too. It was, well, Sean walked in right after me, and the light comes on, and I was like, "What the fuck is?" And Sean's like, "Yeah, you have to have a fucking pulse for that yeah, shit to go." You, bro. That's right. <laughs> it was like, the, and the time, like, the, it couldn't have been more perfect timing on Did the. You go thing. check to see if your reflection 
was still there? I, I did do that. So yeah. your shadow was gone? Yeah, didn't see much, I will say. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh my fucking God. weird, though. Yeah, it is weird, bro. You can't explain that. You can't explain that. It's probably just a, it's like probably a ghost. I'm the only guy with a soul in this whole house. Yeah. yeah. That's... Damn. A, How's it feel? I knew it felt cold in here. Yes. <laughs> Kevin and the ghosts. Kevin yeah. and the ghosts. Kevin and the ghosts. That's right. <laughs> Kevin and the plumes. Well, speaking Kevin of the plumes. Uh, speaking of uh, bands, yeah. What, what were some of the early creative projects you were involved um, in? I was in a band called the Blue Water Boys. We were terrible. What kind Blue of music Water were you guys Boys. doing? Blues. Southern rock and blues. Mm. That was that was like the first band. Like a bunch of my buddies from college. Um, were you guys writing tunes? Or you no, were no, no. Tune covers. Okay. No, I, I was still learning. Like, give me three steps. It was it was that stage of the guitar. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then so I left that, and I pretty much started <clears throat> uh, my own bands pretty pretty soon right off because I started writing. And if you're the writer, you start bands. Yeah. Um, for the most part, Th- some of the bands that I was in um, a little bit briefly that that weren't my own. I was in. Uh, I played a lot with the legendary JCs. Um, really? Did mm-hmm. like in their band? Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that. It was after, like, after they did the Mofro stuff, and they got onto like their second group of, uh, of like, kind of after Anthony Coles left to play with Mofro, mm-hmm. and like Brian Chowderkoff moved on. Um, I became friends with uh, Eugene and all them right about that time. So I started playing some shows with them here and there. Now Chuck McGid told me that you produced their last album. <clears throat> I true. I'm producing uh, Eugene's solo album. Okay, is that that's yeah, what yeah, it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The JCs haven't recorded an album in like ten years. Okay. Um <clears throat> and I'll get to that. Sure, but yeah. um so I, I I was doing that. Early on I played a lot with Kaylee Baker because me and her kind of came up the same time in the Orlando scene. What an incredible singer, man. She's the best singer I've ever she's the best singer I've, I know yeah. I, that I've ever met. Um, I bet, yeah, she's like she's like up there, man. She's amazing. It's 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 insane, uh, her voice. And she's uh sweetest gal in the world. Um, wonderful writer. She's she's authentic. She's can't say enough good things. Um, she's not full of shit. Is what, yeah. I can, what I could say. Um, <clears throat> and then other than those two, uh, it was mostly my bands. My first band was called Barrel House, and that band wasn't any good. Um, Original music. Yeah, but in in my defense, actually, I wasn't writing those songs. Okay. The next band I was in, the Kevin Maines band, I was writing those songs, and that band sucked too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was like kind of your first stab at at like a real band and real songs, and you know, we we went and recorded at this big, beautiful studio. We did that whole deal. It was kind of right before the Pro Tools revolution took off or right around that time to where everybody you knew didn't have Pro Tools yet. Like so early 2000s? It was more like, it was pro- yeah, probably like 2005. Okay, like yeah. yeah. It wasn't commonplace. And it, you were still, uh, still young enough to not know that it, it, none of that mattered. So we spent $4,000 for four songs, um, unmixed, like just to record them in this yeah. area. Sounds about um, right for me. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you know, we could have recorded those, th- like D'Angelo could have produced that album and it would have sucked because my songs were shit. Um, but we put it out and it was fine, a little EP. So anyway, I did that and then I picked up um, a new bass player and a new drummer because I'm I'm also really big on I will I'll change directions on a dime if what my music and and my band is doing if it's not working. Um, I'm a big heavy subscriber to the um, doing things the same way over and over and expecting different results is insanity. Yeah, know, the old Einstein quote. Definitely. Um, and my band at the time, um, it, it just 
again, it, it was a little bit too jammy. We had a saxophone in the rock band, which I'm a big no, no, no against oh, nowadays. Not the E Street Band. Well, it's, it's not so much. That I, hate. I mean, I, I don't like Springsteen and the E Street Band, but it's not for them. Under their uh, that <sighs> thing, it's not actually because of the saxophone. Clarence is, Clemens I actually kind of like the saxophone. Amazing. Yeah, it's kind of it's cop music. You know, it's like '90s cop, yeah, yeah, yeah. cop drama music, saxophones and all that. Um, so I actually like that. But no, any, I'm just, I just. I like like three sax players in the history of music, and they all play jazz. Yes, and thank that's you. it for me. Who? Um, I like Sonny, um, Charlie. Yeah. And who's the third one? There's a lot of maybe, maybe, maybe Dexter Gordon. Yeah, Dexter, Dexter Gordon. Yeah, and that's because the horn player that was in my band, um, who I didn't like, had a poster of Dexter Gordon on his wall, so we were listening to a lot of Dexter Gordon. He's a fucking amazing. Yeah. And that's about it. Uh, outside of that, I just I just don't like saxophone and rock music. I yeah. like it in jazz, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. How about um, funk? Well, so I, I like it in a horn section. Yeah. So that's different. Okay. I, see I just saying. mean like the one guy I see. noodling okay. and shit over. Because most sax players don't seem to get, I'm like, that instrument, as soon as you look at it, like breathe onto it, as soon as you touch it, it's now a sax solo. Right. That's how the instrument works, because it dominates the entire thing. Yeah, you can only right? play it's one note at a time. Yeah, it's... it's that's it. So every sax player, I know they're, they're trying to play like accompaniment lines to songs like you would do with a guitar with a lot of other instruments. Literally any other instrument can do that. And it's fine. But I'm like, don't do that. Because every time you do that, it just breaks the song up into a sax solo. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I hate it. Um, so anyway, so I got rid of that band because we just I loved all the guys. They're all good players. It wasn't a, a matter of, of lack of playing. And it was my song. So it was my fault more than anything. I was writing shitty music. But we just we weren't inspired. There wasn't there wasn't any stank to it. There wasn't it wasn't anything interesting about it. Um, and I could tell because nobody showed up at shows. So um, <laughs> side so, also plays a lot of social distancing shows before it was cool. Just saying. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, so the next well the next band I did there was a little bit more. Um, my bass player Todd Worsing is an outstanding bass player. Um, my my other drummer Dave Martyr. You ever heard of the Teague Steffen band back in the day? That's probably before you got up here. Who's a blues player, really ripping, like player in Orlando. Oh, scene. I've always liked that name, Teague. Teague. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's that's a good name. Good name. That's dope. Name. Good anyway, frat he, boy name. He moved on. That is a frat boy name. Yeah, yeah. good one. Teague. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> he moved on to, I think, to go to school or something. And so I picked up his rhythm section, and we played. I was writing much better music, and, and pretty had a really nice album produced. Um, and I was pretty proud of that one, but we played the grind. But even that band, um, there was something missing to where there, there wasn't, there was just something wasn't there, right? It just didn't. You weren't feeling it. Yeah, it wasn't exciting. Um, and I think I probably wasn't, I was, I was good enough in a, in a guitar playing sense to where, you know, you can, I can have every person uh, that really doesn't know much about music come up and go, you're awesome after a show which is the kiss of death for a musician yeah. because you're not awesome. That person also likes Kelly Clarkson. They also like Justin Bieber. Yes. Right? They have poor taste in, in music. Although talented people in their own right, though. Right? Sure, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Very talented people. Yeah. But um, they're gonna, they, they say that to everybody, like every person. Right. But what I was playing wasn't really that inspired yet. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I hadn't had my dick knocked in the dirt enough yet. How old were you at this point? Um, 29, okay. 30, something like that. 
Um, so then, no, actually it was probably later than that. So that album came out in 2011. We played it for about two years. So I was actually like 33 because I'm 41 now. Okay. So after that, I, I pretty much stopped playing. Um, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I just burnt out. And like I said, we'd done that for a couple of years and I wasn't going to keep doing it. Cause I'm like, this isn't tracking up guys. I was like, it's not tracking up. I go, I can write some more music, but that's not the, the problem here is like, I need to figure something else out to where I'm writing a whole different world of music. Uh, cause what I'm writing now just isn't inspired enough. It's not grabbing people, um, you know, by their, by the bones. They can jam to it, they can dance around it, but it's not grabbing them by the fucking bones, right? And um, so I took about a year or two off, and the plan was is to just build a studio in my house. My, I was living in an apartment at the time. Um, and just start creating music. I wanted to just create. I didn't want to go do the shows or any of that stuff. And so I just started writing, and I started writing in a way that um, most of us do now, where you're really more composing with all the stuff on, in, in Logic and, and the drum machines and, and, and all the millions of virtual instruments that you have at your fingertips and, and all that. Whereas before I was just, I was writing linear, just left to right, guitar and a, and a voice. And, right. you know, and that's how it goes. Sometimes the music's first, sometimes the words are first, whatever. Well, so you start, I started writing from the middle out, Silicon Valley. That's good. Yeah, there you go. Uh -huh. um, so I started writing back to, or back to front, just wherever, starting with the bass line sometimes, starting with the drums sometimes, so guitar, whatever. So it's just complete um, freedom and then letting the song try to write itself, right? Just really listening to what the song was telling you that it needed and filling in the gaps. And then if that meant scrapping an entire um, particular idea that you may have started with and going back to the beginning and then letting that turn what made you do that into something else later, doing that, and that's a, it's a long process, but it... It, it, it makes you compose a lot uh, more complete songs. Yes, for sure. You know? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a much uh, more complete idea there. Especially if you're a band leader who is taking the music to the guys and not writing as a group. Yeah. You know, which is, is how my bands have always done it. That, that's not a rule or anything, but that's just nobody else in my bands is ever writers, so I just write the songs. Um, so that, that's just kind of how it went down. And so as I started recording these things, I started bringing my friends in to drum on them, to, to play all the stuff on them. And, and luckily for me at that point, I'd, <clears throat> I'd done a lot of time with, you know, with the, the really good Orlando bands in town, um, with the great players, with the Matt Laphams and the Anthony Coles of the world. And, and, you know, the Eugene Snowdens and all those guys that are kind of staples in that scene. Um, you know, we'd all become pretty good friends. So, <clears throat> uh, I'd played on all their stuff. So they all owed me favors. So they would come in and do it for free. There you go. Yeah. Um, and because now I had the equipment, I could be like, yeah, I'll record one of your songs for free. Just come lay your shit down on mine. Yeah. So I was able to do it all for, you know, next to nothing money-wise. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, little, absolutely. Little lineup of people also. Yeah, some really, some really good kind of heavy hitters um, for, for that scene on that thing. I mean, I was able to, I mean, Kaylee Baker sings backup on like three songs. Really? And she's in my house singing and I'm just going... This is dumb. Like, why, should, why, why do I have Kaylee Baker in my house? It's a, do you, singing do you, do you want to sing the record? Do you yeah, want to sing the whole song? Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. But you have a great voice, though. That wasn't like a stab at you. No, no, no. Just more, Listen, more like an homage to how good she is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. None taken. Um, she's on another planet. Uh, and, well, and actually, that actually happened with a song. I wrote a song 
like I wanted to put one kind of Delta Blues song on it, so I wrote a song called uh, Trouble on My Mind. And That's I, one with Eugene Snowden singing. Yeah. I thought that was uh, straight up when I first heard that song. I was like, yo, is this fucking Keb Mo? Yeah, yeah. Sound, it sounds just, just like, like him. Yeah. So I wrote that song for Eugene, specifically for him, just to do whatever with. Because um, he didn't have any new songs right now. I was like, just do this one. But then I got to playing it, and I was like, you know, maybe I'll keep this for my record. Um, and so the night before he was supposed to come over singing, I go, you know, maybe I'll sing it too, man. Maybe I'll just take it from that motherfucker. And I sang it, and it sounded pretty good. But then Gene comes in the next day, and he, like, breathed into the mic. And I was just like, fuck, delete. Just deleted all my, all my vocals. Yeah. And it's like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a good singer. I can sing. Um, but just for that thing, like, he's the guy. He's the real thing. Yeah. You know, it's Eugene. And so he sang the song. You know, it came out great. It sounded way better uh, with him singing it. And um, and so I did that. And at the time, there was a uh, coincidence. There was a band called Big Daddy Love out of um, North Carolina. They were like a, a kind of a bluegrass jam band type of thing. OK. Um, I think they were out of Charlotte. I forget where. Maybe Asheville for a while. They still go go pretty strong up there. Anyway, I'd met their their banjo player years before. He was a friend of a friend and he had just developed uh, some carpal tunnel syndrome, so he couldn't play as much. And he decided he wanted to go into management or booking or whatever. So he kind of called me out of the blue and said, hey, you know, I, Big Daddy Love had my previous album. He goes, man, I'll tell you, we really loved that album. It was in the van playing all the time. Um, and I was like, well, thanks. You know, at least one person did. That's cool. At least one person bought it. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for being the one guy that bought it. Um, and he go, he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm not doing shit, cuz. I was like, I'm writing music. I'm really enjoying it. I'm... I'm recording some good stuff. I was like, it's got kind of a, a more of a chaotic feel than the old blues thing. I was like, it's a little bit more of a Prince vibe and a little bit more of a D'Angelo soul vibe uh, mixed with that stuff. <clears throat> more falsettos than the last album, things like that. And um, like it's just more lean. The music, the music's less vertical than the other stuff was. And um, he goes, he's like, well, send some of it to me. So I sent it over to him. And, and he really liked it. He's like, this stuff's great. Let's, let's, he's like, what are you going to do with a band? I was like, I don't want to get a band together. So get a band together. I'll book all your shows. I was like, oh, okay, I can do that because I don't want to do any of that other shit. It's awful. Yeah. Nobody really um, does, except for you. For I like doing except it. Except for, yeah, La Plume. Yeah, La Plume. <laughs> La Plume will do it. Um, La Plume. So I said, okay, if you want to do it, man, uh, do it. And he had just, what did he do? He was just signed on to he got on to Midwood, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, Midwood with Micah. Was his, yeah, with Micah. Yeah. yeah, he's who put us on the Orange Blossom Review this year. Yeah. yeah they, that, I played it when we were on his booking label. There that you makes go. sense then. Awesome. Guess I got an Orange Blossom uh, hookup. So, yeah, so, and, and he did. We I put the album out. Um, we started playing it. I, I brought in um, some really fine players to play in my band. And, and then I, I went out and, and bought a van with all of my money. Um, and just sold it for much, much less money. That's, you know, that's how vans work. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> it's, turns out they don't appreciate it. Uh, they told me in college that a van clearly appreciates in value. What the fuck? It's a good old 40 grand education. For Damn you. it. Yeah, it's that organizational communication. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the only thing I learned, that cars appreciate. appreciate yeah. Which everybody knows that's wrong. And um, so it, I got that, and he booked the shows, and we started playing. And so we played. You know, we didn't tour heavy or anything. We would do like two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time, and we do that four or five times a year. But you do that, um, where, where are you guys playing? Just the southeast. southeast. I mean, we, we went as high as, as um, 
uh, DC. Okay. And as far west is like Tennessee. Where did you guys play in DC? Uh, what was that place called? Madam's Oregon. Nine Thirty Club. No. Wait, Nine Thirty Club. No. Shit, what was it? It was kind of a. It's almost like you, you would think of a corporate gig type of place. Oh, okay. I'll think of it in a minute. It had a, it had a checkered floor. It was really like they treated us really really well, and a bunch of people showed up, you which I don't know, which I don't know where they where they were coming from. It was down by the water, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like in the uh, like hip areas. It was more kind of a, it was like a cleaner gig, okay, clean I type see. of gig. Yeah. yeah, felt more corporate, but it was it was um, it was really nice. It was a good gig. But the the night before that, we played in, um, it wasn't Arlington, Virginia. Where is, shit, it's one of those. It wasn't where Jefferson Alexandria. It wasn't Alexandria. Roanoke. Springfield. Billy knows the whole area. <laughs> it's it's right outside Monticello. Of, it's right outside of Monticello. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dumfries. Oh my God. Norfolk. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, where's Washington from? Um, Washington. George oh, Washington. he's from Mount Mount uh, Mount Pla- or Mount uh, Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon. It was outside of Mount Vernon. That's uh, what it was. Sterling. So well, he, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> all I knew was outside of Mount Mount this Vernon. Is, this is all for my fucking job. And it was like, by we, the way. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I didn't know. And all we played in this like Virginia. old, um, <laughs> like it used to be a, a a boys' school, but it basically looked like a, a boys' camp, which basically meant it was a prison for juveniles. For those okay, part, right? I got you. Like back in the damn Civil War day, like it was it was like from the 1800s. This wow. place, and it was the coolest coolest place ever. Um, but yeah, so we did we did a lot of that stuff, and we played um you know we played a lot of the brewery gigs during the week to get you from one um, venue to the next. Yeah. Because they pay they you know they'll, they'll give you the gas money. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's so many breweries up there, but since all those guys since uh, um, Midwood is based out of uh, Charlotte. Yep. A lot of our gigs were up there, so we would we don't hardly play Florida like at all. I mean, we'd we'd play Orlando because that was our our place. Um, we didn't hardly play Tampa much either because I didn't really have much of an interest in going over there. We God, played played the river sucks. Yeah, no, we played the Riverwalk thing a couple that. times. <laughs> not say that right now. Whatever. We're working on an album release where we might have to go there. So yeah, I mean, it, well, the, just the, it, the there was um <laughs> there was a couple places that that used to be pretty. Oh wait, what's what's the place out in um like the the jam the jammy place smoke or skippers 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 yeah. was always good. The, the noise ordinance there thing is kind of tough. They shut down though for co- for COVID. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Who are you talking about? Um, Where? Skipper's. Skipper's Smokehouse, Skipper's Tampa. Smokehouse up in Tampa. Oh, in Tampa. Yeah, that, I, I always loved playing there because, I mean, Tom was great, and it's just a really cool venue. Um, yeah, all the, got, all, the, all the touring bands at the, you know at that level were yeah. playing there. That was a yeah. spot. Wicked good grouper sandwich. It was just really good. Um, but, yeah, so we we did that, and, I mean, we, we played some good festivals. We played Floyd Fest. We played um, uh, Front Porch Fest, a couple of the other ones up in, in the Carolinas and Virginia. And it was – it was a lot of fun. Um, so did you, did, so before the, the touring stuff, did, when you were cutting, cutting, did, this is all with the Volts or is this before the Volts? No, this is the Volts. This is the Volts. Well, so when I was recording it, there was no name for anything. I was just recording music. But then once I decided to put a band together, I was like, all right, well, I need a band name and something to release this under. I kept my name in it to begin with because I already had the Spotify. Yeah, like the, the, I already had the account or whatever. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll just release it under that. <clears throat> Made it Kevin Maines and the Volts, which oddly I checked on the internet too, and there was only like two other the Volts out there, which I was like, there's got to be thousands of these. It was like two, and they had under 500 followers, so I was just like, yeah, out of here. 
Um, so yeah, so we got that. Um, and uh, so, so the guys that you hired to go on the road with you, they weren't, they didn't play in the record. Um, no, I think Greg, my bass player, may have played a little bit. So the drummer on the record is a guy named Nick Ritchie. He's in a band called Fat Night. Okay. Have you ever heard of them? No. They're out of Orlando. They, they do pretty good stuff. They, um, I don't know what they're doing nowadays, but uh, he, fantastic drummer. And then, like I said, I brought in kind of just all of my buddies. Matt's on a couple of the, the songs. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Matt Lapp. Matt Lapp. Shout out I miss you, dude. Come back to my house. He was on, see him in a while. He was on here a few, a few months, months ago. Check out the full episode on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun it's episode. funniest person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. He's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so was there, what, what was, I'm try, I guess I'm trying to say like, what what was it like when you were not like not having the guys that you were touring with actually on the album? Did that cause any kind of weirdness, or was that ever like an issue? No. So man, you know, I've I've never hardly had any band drama, just because I don't know. Maybe my vibe isn't conducive to it. Um, you have a very chill energy. Yeah. Even well, right I mean, now, I, like I'm very calm, even though I shouldn't be at the moment. But yeah. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. I feel like I try to do that. Well, um, I don't know. I'm I'm a grown up. You know, yeah. So. That helps. I, I refuse to to deal with kid shit like up on the road. If, if I was if I was twenty years old on the road, I'd be doing kid shit. Yeah. But like we're on the road and I was thirty seven years old. I'm like, yeah, man, we're we're grown ups. We're not gonna act like like kids. And so I don't. And so everybody else in my band was a grown up too, though. So there wasn't any of that shit. So it was nice. It was a everybody in the band got along uh, great. Cause actually, I, my uh, bass player Greg uh, uh, Jungbluth is how you say his name. Um, He's like my guy as far as music goes. He's my, I don't know if I'll ever have a band where I don't put him as the bass player again. He just, he gets me. He's got a great ear for music. He's uh, super eclectic. He, he kind of anchors me a little bit. Um, love the guy. And he's, he, he might come up here and work for me uh, with my, my business soon. So we may have another bass player in Jacksonville that I'm sure we'll need a lot of gigs because I'm not going to play all of them because oh, I'm not playing the fucking bars. I'll hire him. Um, <laughs> He's, he's a monster, fantastic player. And, well, he had a, um, a drummer that he'd played with for years, a guy named Joey Lana, who was kind of an Orlando staple and played with a lot of bands. And Joey came in, so they were, like, immediately locked in, those two. Um, they'd, they'd played in, like, three or four bands together. So that was just it was quick. I didn't even have to – I mean, they, they knew each other better um, and the music better than I – it would have taken me six months on day one. So, you know, the, that is there. So the only issue was – is obviously I had to find a keys player because with this particular album, my first album, uh, which is called American Hustle, that album was easy, bud. Easy, easy, cuz. <laughs> Get off the side, now. That was uh, it. Which, by the way, trademark TM. <laughs> yeah, TM. How much do I owe you for yeah. that? Yeah, that's right. Well, apparently, apparently, I like you. Yeah, apparently, papers have been filed for side hustle here, and I can no longer use. My album name. Uh, I want to say before you go on to the to, to the, all that stuff that that's a really great album, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I, American I Hustle. To, yeah. Oh, I thanks. To it and I, I and did you record all that from home or? No. So that was done with a producer named Justin Beckler. Who's I was like, going to say it sounds yeah. like there was a producer on that one. He, he yeah, it's very it's very shiny. Yeah. 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 He's he he did a lot of his work with um, uh, Tony. Shit, I forget his last name. He's a kind of a big time producer that does a lot of the like really popular rock bands like Shinedown. I think that's a thing. Okay. Right? Yeah, Shinedown are from Jacksonville. Oh, are they? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. Bands like that. He, he'll take bands like that and, 
like he can get meetings with with Sony or whoever, and they they sign any band he takes to them. Okay. And, and uh, be, because he all he does is produce uh, radio hits. Yeah. So it's all very clean. Yes. Yes. Uh, that was instantly I noticed. I was like, they brought a producer on yeah. this one. So that's kind of Beckler's style, which at the time was really really good for me. I mean, Justin is an incredible producer. He produces all of Kaylee's music, and that, that's how I, I met him because I was working a lot with Kaylee at the time. And um, he was perfect for me at the time because I didn't really know what my sound was yet. I was like 90% of the way there, but it was still, you know, it was blues rock at the time. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like that album is almost more his album than mine. Cause I think, I think he made it really what it was. Now, was he the engineer as well? He did everything. He yeah. did everything. Yeah, okay. he, he didn't master, but he, he uh, mixed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he did that, did a really good job. And then, um, so you like, you, you'll hear the, the contrast from that album to the next one. Cause the second album, I wanted it to be, a lot more raw, um, not quite as shiny, not quite as slick. But secondly, the music I wrote for the second album, um, Raiders on the Southern Wild is what it's called, is way more complex yeah. than that. There's a lot more going on. There's, a, there's competing melodies going on. There's, there's like four or five, if not more, background vocals on every song. That's what I was going to say. Is that, that, that one seemed like it was... Uh, you must have taken a lot uh, working with uh, Tony uh, on the on the first album because that one sounds like it was also produced by by you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody. All, all I did was sit in the room with Justin and like steal everything he was doing. I was like, "What are you pressing?" Justin there? was a producer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, "What are you pressing there, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Why are you did doing you make, that with the EQ, bro? I, yeah. Did you make any music videos for any of that album? The first one or the second one they were talking about. Yeah, right now. yeah, 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 oh, you yeah. Did? yeah. They're all on YouTube. Oh, and what was, was one of, what was your favorite one on there? Um, probably Kerosene. All right, well let's put Kerosene on right now. Oh yeah. Lost in a fog, searching for goals, been walking for days. All I found was smoke. over me like calm before the storm like wind through yonder trees oh tell me baby why you treat me so mean cause you light me up like fire and kerosene Changed my fucking life. That was amazing. Yeah. That was the best music video we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah thanks. and I was in Thriller. No shit. <laughs> yeah, I was. We the guy in the red, uh, red jumpsuit. The red jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, red yeah. and black. The glove with the cat eyes at the end. You're a little yeah, more ginger now than you were then. Mm-hmm. Well, he had an Just operation a lit, though. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. He had an operation. Right. So. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I had an operation. Yeah. <laughs> they give you oh, painkillers for that operation. <laughs> Probably too many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just, did. Just trust me. Actually, don't take that many. He di- he, he died. He actually, they, they pronounced him dead in 09, and then he's somehow here here now. So it's kind of mm-hmm. wild, right? I well, you haven't aged a bit. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> you cry. look great. I didn't cry during 9/11. I cried when Michael Jackson died on really? the radio. Of course. Yeah. Wow. Of course. Like not even not even one tear for 9/11. Like granted, I was in seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah, we're the same age. So. Yeah, I, mean, I cried for both. So yeah. 
No, I didn't. A lot. I, I cried for 9-11. I, I, cried, cried, I for, probably cried more for 9-11. I definitely cried a lot for 9-11. I didn't way, cry way for Michael more. Jackson. I yeah. Remember, yeah, I was I was delivering pizza for Papa John's. I was in my car, and then they put on fucking Billy Jean's. Just, like, letting you know Michael Jackson's dead. What? I'm tearing up right Bro, now. Bro, I, <laughs> like, like, the thing is with, with, with Michael Jackson is that I always really appreciated him as, as an artist, but I also grew up in the 90s when he that all that shit was stuck to him about the pedophilia stuff. Right, right. So uh, it, it was always hard for me to wrap my head around getting behind his music. Yeah, we, I got the pre stuff like before, yeah, ex- before the, the shit came down. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I always like, I, I listen to his music and I'm blown away, obviously, yeah. as just a, from a musician standpoint, but also from, from a kid who grew up just always seeing that in the news. I was like, okay, well, it's. I don't get why people love him so much. Right, yeah, you of course. Anyways, your album. Yeah. Second uh, album. Yeah, anyways, enough of this Michael yeah. Jackson guy. Yeah. More about me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. What were we talking about? Oh, well, yeah, so the second album. Um, yeah, so, I, like, I put it together in such a different way because, again, I wasn't writing the same way, left to write, you know, with a guitar and a, sitting in a coffee table. I was, I was in the lab myself trying out horn lines, and, and I could sit there and try out this was the kind of thing that made the album way to, and I could sit there and try out different harmony lines vocally, and I could try out different literal words because it was just me in a room. So I wrote the lyrics to those songs basically while I was singing them. You know, if something didn't work, you just change it right there on the spot. As opposed to, even if you got somebody else in the room, even if you're not like paying money for studio time, it's still like you got somebody else there. They're the producer. You come prepared and you sing what you've got. Right. You know, this it was just total freedom of expression and um and you can hear it especially in a lot of the vocals and background vocals because like i said at the time i was listening pretty much exclusively to d'angelo i'd say like 98 percent of what i was listening to at the time was d'angelo so that obviously starts to come out um and so that that's that's really that was really kind of my center for that album which everything else up to that point my center had always been you know, the Allman Brothers, the stuff that I, I kind of grew up with. Right. At that point, I was really kind of stepping out and, and, and listening to Prince and listening to a ton of, of Funkadelic and doing oh, yeah. a, a lot of that. Like, that's where all that chaos comes from, you know, that controlled chaos of, you know, you may even be playing a happy song, but you give it this hint of, I don't know, mystery, or evil to it. Yeah. You know, you, you throw in one bar where you just go to a diminished fifth. Yeah. It, to where you don't even really notice it and then it goes right back into you know your major stuff but that one bar just kind of clicks it in a in an odd direction it's that tension and relief thing it's you the know? tension and release thing yeah but it if you do that right with a lot of those kind of really swelling soulful vocals because i mean i grew up singing in the church that's where i, I started oh, singing sense. so i mean i i guess like i didn't start playing music till i was 21 but my dad was the the church uh the head of the church choir so i was singing I was in church all damn day on every Sunday. It was awful because um, wrestling was on, and I wanted to go watch wrestling. But yeah. I'd, I'd go to my mom's Catholic church in the morning, and then I'd go to Dad's Methodist church after that, and then we'd stay, and I'd go sing in the choir. That and is we, wild. Yeah, and I had my brother and sister, so they'd sing in the kids' choir. So that was earlier, like 3, and they'd do an hour, and then I'd go at 4, and then my dad and the grown-ups choir would go, so we'd just be there. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, I'm just trying to get back to the house to watch Coco Beware you know, <laughs> kill it off the top rope. Because in those days, Sunday afternoon was the only time wrestling was really. Yeah, yeah. Sunday Raw. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I, I remember Monday Raw, it. Monday Night, Monday Night Raw. So this was pre Monday yeah, yeah, Night. Yeah. It was only Sunday. It was on only USA Sunday. Network. It was on Sundays. What wow. was it? Yep. And it's Hogan, and it was it was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Man, it was crazy. And my parents didn't let me watch it, but I, you know, of course, I'd figure it out a way. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, so so that so I started singing like that. But granted, as soon as they let me have a choice, when I was like you know 11 or 12 i was like all right see you yeah you know, see you well, gonna play baseball it's a problem sometimes to do it with with starting kids uh at such an early age with music it's like they don't they haven't discovered that passion for themselves yeah. yet so they equate it with like you know with like a with chore more. yeah with a chore. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um and that's what it was just a chore i didn't listen or pay attention or care. and and it wasn't like it was methodist choir so it was you know it was amazing grace and how great they are and things like that. It wasn't, you know, there was no tambourines. Yeah. Going in. It wasn't like, I grew up it, too. Did you? Yeah, yeah. There was, we weren't doing Mahalia Jackson or anything. Right. Like, yeah. The stuff that I it like well listen to now. Soul, like, e- yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. That's right. We weren't doing the, the mighty nothing, clouds of joy or anything. Nothing's changed since John Wesley invented it back in 1880. Yeah. Not, that's right. Nothing. That's <laughs> nothing. Sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. Great. So, um, <laughs> that's how I learned how to play piano was the, the hymn. Is that really? Yeah. Methodist, yeah. Yeah. A lot of major chords. Yeah. A so, lot of major yeah. chords. I can tell. I always will never, ever, and I guess everybody else triads. who's a musician is like, yeah, we all know what a 401 is, but I'm like, that's, oh, man. Yeah, yeah everyone right. knows that. Yeah. But that's how I remember 401. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, so I've, I've always kind of had like a hint of that in me. Uh, I'm not a religious guy at all, but I do, I do draw a lot of kind of my music stuff from the, the feelings of, um, gospel music and spirituality things yeah. like that how could you not uh, yeah how could you not you know? yeah i mean if, if you if you don't you're kind of missing something yeah especially but, uh, if you grew up in that world you know yeah. it's just it's inevitable yeah it was ocala florida it was you know okala okala florida local Oaklands. and so um so yeah so I, I put a lot more gospel feels into the new record a lot more kind of you know breakdowns with a tambourine yeah and a slide guitar and you know stuff like that and then and then just just you know bars and bars of just voices and you released and you released these albums in the same year no these no. albums were seven years apart really yeah yeah american hustle was 2011 raiders on the southern wild was like 2017 17 was 17 that's what okay. spotify says okay yeah. but, but, but there's it. another one that you released in 2017 it says that you have two albums out on spotify that came, both came out in 2017 oh that's just because i i had to bring that one over because it was under a different band name, oh. it was under the Kevin Maines band, so I had to re-put it under Kevin Maines of the Vault, so it'd be under one. Gotcha. Yeah, I was yeah. sitting there. I was sitting there, like looking at. That. I was like, not only did you, are you, do you, are you, do you must be some kind of fucking beast of a writer, right, right, yeah, but yeah. like these are these are, albums are well produced. So like, you just put out two well-produced albums with like amazing songs on there, all within a year. I was no, like, that's six wild. Years. Yeah. And why did you do it all in a year? Yeah. Right. What an it. what an idiot. Yeah. What a missed marketing opportunity. Yeah, this, exactly. guy's, this guy sucks at yeah. business. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. S- six years. <laughs> um, wasted opportunity. Yeah. Um, actually, and I, I, I did the opposite where when I released Raiders, the, the purpose of it was I was going to release it just in singles um, because I'd, I'd gotten hip to how people were consuming music by then, which I think even in 2017, I think I was kind of late to that party where I was just like, Dude, I'm not doing, I'm not releasing a whole album and people listen to two songs and then off it goes, um, you know, into the, into the back of the tape deck. Uh, I'm releasing them as, sing- as singles, every single one. I go, every single one I release. Well, I got like three or four songs in. And then it was just like, um, Brian, the, the, uh, my booking agent at the time, he listened to him. He goes, man, these sound like an album. I'll be honest. 
I don't know. I didn't write them as an album. He's like, this is an album. So I just put them all on the same one and, and at that point let them all out. Well, Brian was trying to probably put you on the road a little bit. Probably, yeah. tour on singles. He was probably smart. Oh, sounds like an album, bro. We're good. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like you, need a, you need a product. Yeah. Um, Although so, nowadays, so you know, it, it's changed a little bit. Uh, we've been, uh, we're, we're talking to a marketing consulting firm for, for this album release. And um, he's like, this guy's telling me, he's like, as many singles as you can put out, put them out. Yep. So all of it, like, like just everything, just singles. And I was like, well, we got two. He's like, okay, well, we'll do that for this one, but you need to put, you need more singles. More singles. So well, we need more fucking songs then because, yeah. you know. I mean, I don't, I don't love it for me because, um, you know, like you, I got records of the house and spin them front to back and you sit there and you take it in. But consumer these I'm not days the are consumer, different. man. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with the consultant. Like, uh, just a hundred, that's the way the music is. That's the way it is. That's the way it is now. You can yeah. fight it if you want, but like. You have too many options. You don't have, yeah, you yeah. Don't have the leverage to fight it. Yeah. Like, Taylor Swift has the leverage to fight it. Right. She'd be like, no, I'm putting an album out, and I'm going to buy it. That's she's li- right. It's literally what he told me. He, yeah, yeah. he was like, if you're, if you're like an emerging artist, he's like, you don't really have, the, like, you can't really play by different rules. Because if you want to get on Spotify playlists, you need to have consistency. Right. And singles are consistency. An album is not. Yeah. You know, and so if you're, if you're like Taylor Swift, like, you know, as reference, it's like, you don't have to, like, you have to worry about those rules. You're established, and people will buy whatever you put out. 100%. Whenever you put it out, you know. She can fart into a mic, and she's, she put out, and uh, she's, she's selling a million copies of yes, that part. Yes, exactly. Yep. She, she uh, NFTs out, also with that. She'll put the NFTs on there. She put out three albums last year. Did you know that? She did. How many did Corey Wong do? 11. That's. In one year. <laughs> what? And yeah. I mean, they're all really good. <laughs> I mean, very well produced, very well written. Well, uh, you can't really not say that about Taylor Swift either. I mean, that's like the most produced yeah, thing but, ever. But, but, but <laughs> she has um, probably like 10 times the budget at least that oh, he yeah. has. And also has the staying power because of her longevity in the career or in her career versus him, who's like, like a more of an emerging artist. I mean, compared to us, he's very successful. But who but really he's a, cares because it's still at the end of the day, the only thing that you can consume is the end product right yeah yeah but i'm just saying that just it's more impressive that he put out 11 albums than her putting out what three but is it more impressive if the music isn't the music is music is all the same it's not all the same no i mean in comparison to taylor swift it's her music's probably more similar than his that's not what i'm trying to say i'm saying if it's all like sounding amazing and like top quality professional stuff who cares yeah, I, I just think from, from an artist's perspective. No, yeah, obviously I get from, that. From a marketing perspective, it's kind of wild that he did that, but, and I probably I mean, would have well, backlogged. So here's, here's, here would be your, your main difference, right? If Corey Wong, who, you know, I don't know, what labels? Is he under a major label? Is he doing it? He's with Wolfpack. Well, no, I know he is. Like, oh, the, they have a label. They have their own label okay, and everything, um, yeah. So even, you know, with how successful those guys are in that realm, I can't imagine that a budget for an album like that is more than, like, 20k 25 i don't know so he has some acoustic albums that he put out and then also some of those albums are live albums and then he also uh put out like a meditation album that he did with john baptiste but um if you listen to he, he's got like two or three albums he put out last year that were straight up pop records by, okay. by albums though you don't mean records like you don't mean vinyl you not mean they vinyl hit, they hit spot. Okay. Just, yeah that's like, what i was gonna say was Corey wong can't can't get 11 albums pressed vinyl in one year no Taylor Swift can because she yeah. can call the plays and go, bump me up in front of everyone. Yeah. Because here's an extra fifty grand and the and the, I mean the literal vinyl company, presses her albums yeah. immediately. But 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 her fan base button. won't buy those though. Her fan base aren't going to buy well, vinyls. The only, the only oh, the reason true. why I bought this up in the first place is because you were talking about how the media consultant was like, 
do singles, singles yeah. the whole time. So what's what's going well, no, on? No, 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 no. Basically, I mean, also like an album, obviously yeah. as well. But he, what he was saying is like you want to put out as many singles on the album as like you, you can. Like you want you want to have a single sandwich. I'm gonna start calling it that. Yeah, you want to have here's how, the album art. You want to have the that's actual a, that's, single. That's good. And you, you should be the marketing the consultant. Video. Thank you. I single actually, sandwich. I'm, a single that's sandwich. That's gold. Thank you, brother. And I, <laughs> dude, that is gold. And then so. and then have it all as like. Here you go. He's ready for a single Take sandwich. A fucking bite. Yes. Hold the right. mayo. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. But but also extra and, and, mayo and, and, on my place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, and then gross. have the album for you to sell. But like in this day and age, I'm telling you, like that's the way to do it. Yeah, but but it all as, but it, as a, it, an emerging artist. Yes, but it's also it also goes deeper than just a consumer. And I want to touch on this because I think it's important information that uh, the reason why you release singles in that way yeah. is that you want you, you let the single simmer for, for about a month. Yeah. Then you release another single, and then you release another single. Yeah. The reason why you do it that way is because the, the way the Spotify playlist, uh, uh, like the way you get on those playlists is by the, the, the consistency. Right. So you and if you don't put out an album or a single within twelve months of each other, you get off of those playlists. Like of they, course. They, they, they don't, especially if you're an emerging artist. But I'm just so, saying this. Like, do you think that's a good strategy? Is that you have a twelve-track album? Say, we're gonna. Re- uh, uh, produce not produce it present it as an entire album and be like no just do 12 sandwiches no I don't I wouldn't put it I don't think everyone as a single is smart but okay but like you know four why, singles maybe why not off though one. I don't know I'll talk I'll, I'll talk to the consultant about that's it that's what I'm see. trying to say like maybe if, if that's you better the best give me the fucking answer we're spending money on this thing you I, know what I mean no and that's fine <laughs> obviously yeah, you know be very sure yeah I'm gonna need you to double check your math yeah <laughs> I'm not trying to say me personally like obviously like uh, as a as a part a part of the creative process is making an album from start to finish like the like the best albums of all time are the ones where you're like fucking a that was like watching a movie like yeah. fucking wish you were here is like the best start yes. to finish album four songs yeah. yeah well come, don't okay put, put like eight <laughs> parts per song yeah, yeah, yeah anyways but that's what i'm trying to say like should should we switch it up and just be like i think after the after, after this album i think we're gonna start hitting them with singles once, and it's a hundred dollars for I the mean, album you can <laughs> you can uh you can prototype this idea right like you can release one or release two get to three and see how it's going yeah you know? If you if you see your numbers kind of going up, you feel I like there's the more buzz into it, and then you go, okay, well, we're gonna try one more and see if if that trend continues. If it levels off at some point, they go, well, okay, we've got a ten song album, we've released four of them as singles. All right, now let's now put the record to, out. Yeah, now now we'll put if you've got other stuff timed with it, you know. And I like I say all this stuff like strictly from a a uh, what I'm looking at is from a business type of idea. Yeah. Keep in mind. All of this that we're saying is why I'm never going to sell another album ever because I'm not participating in any of it. Yeah. I'm not doing any of it. I'm not doing any algorithm shit. It's I'm fine. not doing any fucking math with my music. I'm just putting music. And it, and it will fail. Like, it, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm yeah. not doing any of that shit. And it, it will sucks. it will make it so that less people listen. I don't give a fuck. I'm not doing any. Like, I love math. I do math for my regular job. Yeah. Right? With building guitar pedals and shit. I don't want to do any for my music. Yeah. I'm not, and I will say this, though. I've found in the past that the less 
fucks I give about anything outside of the music, the more, more works. people show up to my yeah. shows. Yeah, it it's is weird, weird how that yeah. happens, though. It's like what, like the, the the less I try for things, the more things just seem to fall into place. And I'll it's say, I'll say, like playing, I'm playing hard to get with my music career. Yeah, yeah, right. And the hot girls coming up and yeah. wanting to date my music. Career, there you go. You know what I'm saying? I guess. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I think that I don't know. <laughs> I'm just sick of hearing about math and shit when it comes to music and what to do. I'm just like, man. No, this is not fucking rock and roll, goddammit. That's why you hire somebody to do it or get a fucking weird ass blowhard that loves it like you. I don't love. So let me let me let me just clarify. Like if you don't do it, you're this is that's what I'm saying. Nobody will listen to any of my new music ever again because I'm not doing that. shit. That new single is dope, by the way, the one you put out last year, 2020. Did I put music out last year? Uh, Something (laughs) on your Spotify (laughs) sounds like a fucking Prince tune. You're you're like singing like falsetto. Shit. Oh, dub. I want to hear that. I don't remember that. But I was trying to I say, so. uh, uh, yeah. on, on the other aspect of it, that's completely how the electronic uh, world has been works. working for years. Or electronic music, I'm trying to say. It's, it's, it's just been singles and singles and singles well, since like 95. Yes, well, because it's also because the idea was to get other DJs to do remixes of it, and then that's how you but, get your residual income on it. Still now, like uh, my favorite uh, electronic artist, without a doubt, is Buka Shade, and they have one album. Yeah. That's it yeah and everything else has been singles or eps or which is just fucking stupid like is it an ep if it's an extended play i don't really the wording is so ridiculous so dumb, yeah. long play or one, we'll call one long play and one extended play there was nobody in that room going you know those words are basically the same, same fucking thing, thing yeah. bro how about we call one a short play i'm anyway, curious as is what as why we all happens. know that extended play means Short album. Yeah. For some reason, that's called extended play. But they, that's what they do. They release EPs and they release singles, and that's it. Yeah. And that shit goes crazy. And that's that's how you, the people are just like uh, consuming things faster now. Well, the EP. They don't have time for albums. Give me the good stuff. Yes. Now. Well, it, yeah, because and that, the and EPs. Then you kind of, oh, there's a new one coming out. Like a new episode that they used to produce. Like, oh, there's gonna be a new episode of Seinfeld coming out in a week or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean, you can't watch it all at once like you can now on Netflix. Well, the EPs. I'm going backwards. I, that was my unpopular. Well, opinion last week i don't really understand what's happening but well, it the, is happening yeah. the eps are I'll also more now. more fine the eps are more financially uh <laughs> obtainable than a full album you know because there's yeah. less that yeah. goes into the thought of an al- of album yeah. art and just the, the conceptually because it's really just more of like an ep like really acts as more of a demo that's what it looks like but what i'm trying to say is this is like what, what maybe they came up with all of that in a six-month period or however yeah. long it takes for us to record an album or anybody and then they're like, how should we release this? Singles. There you go. Yeah, yeah. totally. I'll that's never do another, a full album again until somebody else is paying for it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good rule of thumb. That's, kind of my, a, that's my new rule. That's a very mature, like, yeah. fucking, yeah, I want to do that, that too. Every other time I've done that, I've just lost my ass <laughs> financially. <laughs> Labels lose their ass on a lot of shit, too. I know that's it. That's true. But, yeah. I mean. And they're pros. Yeah, I'm exactly. just some dick with Pro Tools in Jacksonville, Florida. Like, <laughs> chance of me knocking it out of the park and <laughs> selling one is solo. You never but, know, man. The you other, never know. the other hand of that is, is like, like I just said about like uh, nowadays, um, if people really love it and they want to hear your stuff or they're a fan of you, they want to hear it all at once. The same way, like in Netflix or uh, uh, HBO or anything like that, they're like, here's a new season of TV. Yeah, watch it for twelve hours, please. right? That's what people want. Too. Yeah, I think the I don't so think I don't know what's good now. Singles are definitely if you want to if you want to uh, if you want your how do, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but if you want to remain visible uh, through 
uh, the platforms that are, that are there, mm-hmm. there's a certain way to do it. And right now, the singles seem to be the way to stay consistent based on how those algorithms are working, right? Yeah. Uh, EPs to push out an EP every few months or something seems like it's almost too much. I feel yeah, like, you I know agree what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but and, and going back to what you were saying earlier about not wanting to play the by, by those rules, I am 100% with you on that. I think it's really fucking dumb and yeah. that you have to do that. However, I don't want to work a regular job. Yep. So, and I don't want to play in bars the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. So, it's and I don't 100%. have a skill like building pedals. Right. So, I have to make this happen. Oh yeah, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll never knock anybody for for doing it. Yeah. Do, do it however works for you. Um, and I'd probably be the exact, hell, I mean, I was the exact same way until I got a different thing. And yeah, and so it, the music industry doesn't have as much leverage over me at the moment than it did. It might again in five years, who knows, maybe I'll get another job as a mortgage broker, crash the economy again, and then find myself there you go. fucking out of work again. We can only hope, um, right? Yeah, we can only hope. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers crossed, guys. Um, so yeah, it, case in point, um, I mean, yeah, it, it's, you do that just to continually have touches on somebody. Yeah. Right. Because nowadays everybody, you, you're competing with so much. Right? You're competing um, with, well, you're competing with so many things online that are in the entertainment spectrum. You know, podcasts didn't exist fucking 10, 15 years ago. Right. Now, I'll bet you half of what people consume is probably, pod, at least over the age of 25, is probably podcasts. Definitely. Right? Yeah. So that, that takes down the, total net amount of time that people are listening to music whatsoever right so 50 percent of your potential audience's uh total time on your particular brand of entertainment is gone right so you so you're already competing that way so you have to do certain things like that but take um so like that's in addition to the algorithm manipulation all that stuff in the spotify playlist it's literally just hey i'm still here yeah right because Everything else is, hey, I'm still here. And here's an example. You take a Joe Rogan podcast. There's one channel that plays the whole thing. Or at least this is pre uh, Spotify. Spotify. Maybe yeah. it's a different. I don't know. There's one channel that plays the whole episode. And then there's a second channel that takes the whole three-hour episode and breaks, breaks it up into 10-minute singles is what I would yeah. call them now. And they give you all of those like yep. the whole next few days. And they're because, generating a lot of revenue off those. Right, because two. they're doing both. And yeah. That's the thing. And so, I mean, that's it's it's good business if that's what you're doing. At the moment, for me, um, I just I, I I'm so hyper focused on those types of things with my business business. Yes. So I just want to get into music, that. Yeah. If I do music, I'm just I'm going punk rock. My next album may be called "Fuck You." I, like, yeah. I'm just gonna be like, dude in a room. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but, but you know, you're doing it, you'd be doing it for yourself at yeah, this yeah. point. You know, it'd be just, it'd be like a, what, just something that you have to do for yourself. Because yeah. you're a musician yeah. that you, you don't really like, it, I don't, I, I think people are aware of it, but there is something to it where it's like you have, like, a musician is really just the, like, having the ideas in your head. Mm-hmm. And then, like, whatever instrument you play is just kind of like the tool to get it out. Sure, yeah. So, like, you play an instrument. You have the ability to, to work uh, software, yeah. and you have these ideas in your head, and you have the ability to get them out. And like you, you can't help but get those they ideas have to, out. Well, they have to come out in one form or another. Whether you do it for yourself or for you yeah. know the masses, you're, you're going to do it. Sure, yeah. It's, you know? yeah. it's coming out regardless. Yeah. And I have, already have the gear, so I'm just going to record them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I bought the gear five years ago. There you go. It's just sitting there. So, so What do you use to re- uh, record uh, digitally? I'm grabbing I'm, a drink. Anybody else need? Uh, yeah, please. No. I know what you'll do. 
Here you go. You haven't done that in I was about. Just bring the bottle in here. Oh, that's a good idea. Just do that. Um, I got a Coke in the fridge. Well, uh, what do you mean? What do I use? Well, because I, I like a, a, a recording digitally, or not, I should say like which DAW digitally. or which yeah, which which DAW do you use? So I usually Logic now. You use Logic now. I do only because it's just me. When I was uh, producing some other people's music in my little, you know, my little den there, um, I that? I had a Pro Tools subscription um, just to have it. I still haven't gotten to mess with Pro Tools at all, but so it, it looks like that's what that's what every time I go to a studio they're always always using yeah, all the Pro studios. Tools. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only reason I had it is because all the big houses had it. So mm-hmm. when because um, the way my uh, my band would do is we'd go to a big studio to track drums, just drums, for the day. So it would just be um, oh thanks. So usually we'd all show up in there, but I'd have the I'd have the song and also bring the makers. There's a Coke in the fridge. Sorry. <laughs> I'd already have the song like pretty much done in Logic at the house. Um, and then I would I would take the drums out of the mix completely. Um, and then I would just bounce that MP3 or wave to the studio. So then the drummer is just playing to the entire actual song. Um, and I'm just in the booth. So that way I can I don't have to play with the drummer so I can produce them. I can. I can I can guide him. I can I can direct them a little bit, right? Yeah. So so we'd record drums in the big studio somewhere, and they're all running Pro Tools. So right. instead of have them bounce the tracks down and then me import them into Logic, I was just like, fuck it. I'll just have Pro Tools at the house because you can do Pro Tools now for like what thirty thirty five bucks a month or something. Really? That's that cheap. Really? Yeah yeah yeah. I didn't yeah, know it's that. That cheap. So I think it's. And thir- that, that's not like some like light version or whatever. No no, that's the whole thing. Wow wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can buy it if you want for like fourteen hundred, yeah. or you can get it monthly for forty bucks. Or you just buy Logic for two hundred bucks and call it a day. Right. right. So, yeah. so I would have both. So I'd have yeah. Logic in the house, and then I'd, I'd I would buy this Pro Tools subscription while we were recording. So gotcha. I'd have it for like three, four months. I see. Okay, right? that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, because uh, at that point, like I said, all the writing for the songs had been done in my house over the course of months or weeks or years, whatever, um, and the songs were done, and then we're just tracking, bring Pro Tools in, um, track everything for real. Whether it be, like I said, just the drums in the big house, then everything else was done in my little B room in my, in my condo, you know. And I lived in a, in a place that it was basically, it was a condo, but it was like an old folks home. I mean, it was almost, I think when they built it back in the 60s, they tried to get it um, uh, zoned to be a retirement home. Okay. Didn't happen, but still, like, nothing but old people live there. So my neighbor was like 85. Uh, the guy downstairs was like 90. And then the other one was empty. So they were both deaf. You couldn't hear basically anything. Basically deaf. So uh, I'd be up there just super reverb on nine. No way. Ripping. I had a whole horn section in my condo. And I'm calling Ruth, my next one, Ruth. And I'm like, can you hear that? She's like, can't hear a thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure because it's like what? 10 o'clock at night. And we're downtown, you know, Orlando. So you recorded that. So this is the last album that you put out. Ra- yeah, Raiders. You, you, you recorded it in a condo. Basically. In a condo, yeah, in a closet. And where was condo. the? Where were the other guys at? Um, the other one was in. Well, it was in the same situation at my producer's house, Justin Beckler. He lived okay. in a little townhouse. Okay. So all my albums, uh, other than the first one, like the first first one that nobody's ever heard because it's garbage, was in this big, beautiful wooden studio with a. They had this awesome, you know, airbrushed picture of like a, like something you'd see on the on the hood of an El Camino, like a woman holding an eagle on fire. Nice. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think it, Molly Hatchet built that studio back in the days. Okay. That's where the rumor was. Who knows? Yeah. Um, that was the one we paid like 
a thousand dollars a song right. just to do it came out and it turns out you can't you know you can't uh put lipstick on a pig turd, yeah, yeah you can't polish a turd it just my songs suck so it's just it's shitty well um so I, i'm it, that's very i mean like listening again listening to the album uh i would have never guessed that it was done in that way technology it's, buddy it's yeah pretty, pretty great i mean i i had roosevelt collard in that condo recording for i forget which band it was uh south florida guys lee boys no no no, no. it wasn't his band it was a, a different band it was a, a jammy band i'll think of it in a minute electric keef no 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 from south florida yeah main guy's name is jeff um hmm. damn it i'll think of it in a minute I, I i'm terrible i have a terrible memory not the happy cambers no, no. that's from they from orlando oh yeah. sorry um red hair red curly hair oh heavy oh, pets reality. yeah yeah heavy pets yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, they're, so, from, right. they're from tampa yeah yeah, yeah. So, oh, tampa. i'm not from around here <laughs> no heavy <laughs> pets are from south florida he's Sa- south florida. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah red hair like yourself yeah. just curlier ginger guy yeah ginger ginger guy no soul not yeah. not even an ounce of soul uh <laughs> just kidding uh great guy he he called a buddy or whatever asked if he knew where roosevelt could record anthony called me up and said hey can roosevelt come record your house he, yeah sure um like electric he goes yeah i go okay and uh he comes in and like i said we crank the amps up and i've just got roosevelt collier and just like ripping guitar yeah in my condo and i'm sharing four walls with people and i'm just like can you guys hear this ruth's like asleep just oh sleeping god. through a roosevelt collier guitar solo oh my god and i'm just like man i love this condo it's like yeah. the best place to live for a musician on earth um so yeah all of it was done just in a i mean if you if you if you see the video uh trouble on my mind on youtube it's all in that room like the whole thing i got eugene in there it was a pretty cool little setup this room about this size that's all you need that's awesome man and that's what a, a, you can do so much in the box that you know unless you've got really bad uh you know, really bad AC ducts just blasting. You can pretty much get out any really, you know, low frequencies and do it pretty seamlessly. The one thing that did suck is that condo was about five miles away from the Orlando International Airport. Oh. And right right when I finished my album, but then started working on it, they rerouted some of the planes to where they started coming in right overhead. Oh, no. So we'd be getting ready to go, and I could hear the Delta 747 coming like, hold on. You know, just pause for a minute. We, yeah, and go. We got three minutes. You know, we had to do that. Ours, the studio we recorded out down in South Florida, at Dogmatic Recording Studios. Uh, they're like right next to a train track. Oh yeah. So it's like you'd be in the vocal booth or whatever, and all of a sudden you you can hear the rumbling in the headphones, and the engineers just like, uh, stand by, we got a train coming through. They literally had the train schedule in the studio. What? So they, yeah. So they knew what times the trains were going to be coming in, so they could tell you, say, all right, man, in about five minutes we got a train coming through, so we're going to take a fiver. Five. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I br- I brought my um I don't forget your mic. Yeah, sorry. My bad. Um <laughs> It's my first time no, talking, I'm or produce- sing- talking or singing into a I'm mic. Producing yeah. the hell yeah. out of this show. Producing the hell out of this show, bro. <sighs> Crushing it. That's right. I um I brought all my stuff here with the idea of doing the same thing cuz I was in, when I moved here I was in the middle of uh, producing Eugene's album. And a couple of those songs have JJ Gray on them. Well, um Luckily, this was pre-child, that where my studio once was, my 10-pound child now owns, even though he doesn't do anything. He's got a nursery. I'm like, my studio's gone. This kid, you know, shits his pants. And he, yeah. took, and he owns my studio. 
<laughs> he doesn't know he's in here. Why do we have a? St- yeah. Why do we have a nursery? Why don't I still have my studio? We could do this when he's like two. Yeah. But, you know, you pick your battles. Yeah. Um, so, so my studio is now got a crib in it, and I got moved down to like this small little studio, in the side of the house, which is basically an all glass room, Ooh. with a air conditioner that sounds like a Blackhawk chopper, taking off every time it goes. It's like, wah, 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 wah. so it, it it's done, and. I live in Avondale, so that, that train on right on 17 yeah. seems to run at a much more frequent rate just all the than time. every other train. Just is it just in a circle? Just is it just a circle train. track that just... It's always a train. God, I live right next to it, but it's mostly That's at right. You're, night. you're closer than I am. I am, yeah. yeah just, it, it is mostly at night in the mornings. No, because I used to work... I worked from home and worked night shift for forever, uh, and that's what I would notice it is that it's always at night. I never yeah. hear it in the daytime. Yeah, it, it does pretty much stop. I know that uh, Amtrak comes at 4 p.m. Well, on a musician, Sunday. I record mostly at night. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. I also I had the cops uh, called on me for playing piano too loud at two o'clock in the morning here. Really? Yeah, piano. Did you know that? Well, in you were also Italian, singing, right? In Italian, that piano is uh, uh, Italian for soft. I'm that's, sorry. That's what sorry. the word means. It's soft. Piano means soft in Italian. Yeah. So and it's not a very soft yeah. sounding intru- instrument. I think it's though. piano though, right? Piano. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also with the <laughs> I'm Italian, so I know that also. What? Yeah. Pick, pick a what are Pick you? a lane, guys. Pick a lane, All right. Doubling down. Pick a cool never, Latin lane, never okay? Once pick a cool Latin lane. Pick a cool Latin lane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking Cuban Italian. Yeah. So I'm sticking with it. Pick an island and stick with it. America. <laughs> That's right. All lanes. <laughs> I'm from an island, too. I guess I'm from Ireland. Ireland. Okay. <laughs> that was really far-reaching and not very... Uh, it didn't, is didn't land very well. It's Yeah, but I mean, too. like you said, Ireland, like you were trying to make... It was weird. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't sound good. Totally. Yeah, well. You ever been there? No. My this is crazy. Has, so. It's awesome. There's a... Of course, it's like every person who says that they're Irish, like, there's a town named after me. Yeah. Right, yeah. Sure it is. But yeah, there's a town of Begley up in... What was it? What does Begley mean? Donegal. Begley? Tell them what they mean. Tell the world. Begley comes from a Gaelic uh, translation of Obeglock, which means little hero. Little hero. And I love that. And you are little. I'm a good son. You're You're my uh, hero. Thank you. And you you definitely have uh, hero qualities. I'll say that. Just not a lot. Like a little. little You get a little (laughs) amount of hero qualities, yeah. Yeah, it's not about me. I wanted to ask you, uh, if it's not too personal, how come you moved to Jacksonville? Is it because we have a booming uh, music scene? Yeah, that's right. A a, a booming cultural scene. That seems to be the the, the, The trend. The trend. That's what we keep on asking people who move here. They're like, Jacksonville's where it's at. Yeah. Why didn't you choose Miami or Tampa or Um, Fort Lauderdale or St. Pete? No, I moved to Jacksonville. Well, like, I'm a North Florida guy. Yeah. Um, I went to school in Orlando and I lived there for, like I said, like 18 years after college. And, uh, I had a great time in Orlando. It's a, it's a, an interesting place. It's, it's never been my vibe. Like when I moved to Orlando within a week, I remember looking at my remo- my roommate and telling him like, after college, you'll never see me again. Like I'm getting the fuck out of here and I'm going back North. But I stayed for 18 years because I met a lot of great people <laughs> and I, and I made a lot of great friends and that's, any place you are, that's really all that it is. It's just, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, any, a place can suck, but if you got buddies, it's great. And Orlando's like Fort Lauderdale light. Yeah, yeah, totally. Know? It is what it is. But so I stayed it's a long cool time because I, um, it, like I said, just like anywhere, it's got great little spots, but it has bullshit too. Plenty of bullshit. Yeah. A lot of great people that I met and I, I love the music scene there. And I, and I met all these musicians that I think are top notch that uh, like, again, because I didn't start till I was 21. Like they... 
I learned from those guys. Yeah. Like the first time I saw the legendary JCs play in like, I don't know, 2002 or something. Like, and this was when they were with Anthony Coles and Brian Chatterkoff and Ralph Amadouri. And like, I, I, I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy shit, what did I just see? This fucking guy, Eugene, was just a lightning bolt. It was crazy. Yeah. And I just, I was like, man, I got to meet this guy. I need to learn this guy. And then, you know, cut to three or four years later, he saw me playing guitar. I think I was playing slide guitar somewhere. And then he ended up talking to me. And when Eugene talks to you in Orlando and you don't know him, you you feel like James Brown is talking to you, right? So I got to meet people like that that I idolized in music because I they were my first, uh, they were, they were the first thing that I'd ever seen really in music up close, in rock and roll bands and shit. So I made really good friends there. So that was great. So that kept me there for a long time. But I've always loved Jacksonville. It's like I was telling him, even growing up. I love the river. You know, I'm not a big beach guy, but I love the St. John's River. I love to fish. I love to get in the swamp. I love to do all that stuff. My brother went to um, law school up here. My sister went to UNF. So they were both living here forever. And my family, my parents are still in Ocala. So um, we were looking to make a move and do something different. And I was like, well, you know, Jacksonville's kind of an easy, an easy step. You know, it, it was either that or like, I got a lot of family in Texas. We're like, maybe we'll go to Texas. And I was like, yeah, it's too far. Well, kind of lazy. Let's just, Jacksonville's one move. It's one truck. Let's just go. And, you know, the wife, being from South Florida, whatever, everybody, everybody that hears Jacksonville, they have the stigma. They're just like, oh, Jacksonville. They just think the Florida man thing. They think strip malls and yeah. all this, right? Which I'm happy for them to think now because I don't want them all coming here. Damn it. Is it white trash here and I just don't know it? That's what people think. Oh. Well, from downtown oh, to the beach, yeah, it, it's sense. you know it, anywhere in Florida. Once once the developers now. took their hooks to it, yeah. and turned any type of wilderness into a strip mall with the Pep Boys, <laughs> like that's just what it's going to be. Yeah, okay? that's what happens. Except for South Florida, somehow, because it's, it's proximity to Cuba has made it pretty. Uh, a lot more culture. Uh, uh, yeah, culture. Um, a lot more drive-bys. A lot of that. Um, I'm but, half uh, Cuban too, so I can say this. Yeah, really? I'm half Cuban from Pembroke Pines. Just like me. Yeah, we're the we're half of the same quarter. Probably came here on the same boat, honestly. Probably, yeah. I'm just Rowing joking. It, my, my, my 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 uh, my my dad had money in Cuba, so they flew here. But I mean, you know, whatever. Teach their own. Well, really? at least somebody's dad had money in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> really in Cuba, Cuba I emphasize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Have you ever tasted heaven in a glass? Do you pine for the hoppiest brews and palest ales? Do you like food? If so, then Wicked Barley is the oasis that your mouth has been wishing for, walking into the complete barren wasteland that is your life. Wicked Barley is located in Jacksonville, Florida, nestled on the banks of Good Beast Creek. Wicked Barley aims to provide its guests with a wicked experience, offering over 18 house-brewed beers, ciders, and meats on tap. They also have an expansive gastropub-style food menu, including burgers, salads, sandwiches, and more. Whether you are a newcomer or a craft beer connoisseur, there's a little something for everyone at Wicked Barley. Visit them at 4100 Bay Meadows Drive and tell them bottom of the bill sent you. Um, so, oddly, you. <laughs> so, so is my wife is half Cuban also, so my kid is half Cuban the hard way. Because he's got one half, because I got it all from, my mom's full Cuban, my dad's from Texas, so I got my half from one person. Yeah. My kid's got two quarters coming in making a half. So yeah. Yeah, it's got one half the hard way. And, you're, and, you're, and your wife is also from Pembroke Pines. Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
My dad's Wild. from Kentucky and my mom's Taking over. Uh, Taking from over. Kentucky. Right. And that I'm just white trash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but it, it, is inter- uh, it is interesting. Like, uh, it, w- the only thing that pisses me off about the uh, – the, the, the Florida being the butt of every joke, especially still right now, yeah. is that uh, I love it. No, I, I do. It, it is. I'm it's not funny. Actually, actually, from here, but I get to live here. I'm like, oh yeah, this place sucks. No, no, I, I, <laughs> yeah, Kentucky's Son amazing. Um, yeah, but we're not in the news everywhere. <laughs> so uh, there's nothing going on there. That's why. Yeah. Um, so what? What? And I moved down here. I, I think I, I I just turned thirty to. 32 uh, a couple of days ago and so I think uh, I've lived here I lived here in Jacksonville more than I have in Kentucky there you go point. so now you're more Florida than I'm you Florida are I'm Florida man Florida man through and through now so, I guess so. so the thing is I, a lot of people say they don't want people coming here I actually do want people coming here because yeah. I, I want this place to blow up and I want it to be like like the next music scene but what, so what what the problem that I have when people talk shit about it is that it's usually like people that are from bigger cities like you like Joe Rogan who constantly shits on Florida uh, and specifically Jacksonville really? a lot of them do, like a lot of the comedians do oh yeah because he was just it's an easy target a couple of days Jacksonville ago. and Orlando are the two biggest buds of and, and, and maybe like Scottsdale Arizona are the buds yeah. of every joke on television yeah right like the the was show that? The Good Place. Yes, oh, they've got God, the guy, you know, Jin so, Yang or what's his name? Uh, yeah, I forget what his name is. Something, John Yu. Yeah, yeah, was a you know from Jacksonville, Florida, and See, all he did inspiring was inspiring DJ. He wanted to be a DJ, DJ in yeah. Tallahassee. Yeah, that was got his, busted that was for his Got busted for stealing hubcaps. <laughs> Made a lot of money out yeah. of it. Yeah, I don't know what it. What yeah. the, there's like there's numerous times that. in the show where he goes Duval or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or there's one on one episode where what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Ted Dan- Ted Danson was like uh, he's like he plays like kind of like this godlike figure or whatever and and the dude from Jacksonville was like so can you uh, tell the future or whatever and and Ted Danson was like no I can't do that he's like well are the Jags ever gonna make it to the Super Bowl and he goes and then Ted Danson was like well we I can't are. tell the future but no they won't yeah, this year <laughs> we are. <laughs> <laughs> we got the number one pick in two it was days. A great show. Either way, the reason why I don't like you when people shit on Florida like that is because those people have influence, right? So yeah. it's like Joe Rogan moves to Austin, and all of a sudden, like Texas as a whole is just seeing a huge influx of of people moving there and, and starting industry there. Yeah. When he, when someone yeah, like that I mean, says, I don't know if they went there because of Joe Rogan, they didn't, but or because like their businesses were literally made to shut down everywhere. Where did else. Totally, in Texas, Austin, Austin, Austin. But he like brought the almost like, at yeah. least like a good chunk of the of the, of the community. community community with yeah, him sure. and when he when someone like that says tom segura and then moves to austin yeah really everybody's moving like all, like all the heavyweights that's uh, so from, close i want to go yeah so, they're either going to austin or nashville yeah. yeah and and it's like florida's just as open come here it's like well no florida's <laughs> still we're not good enough for you yeah that, that's that, but <laughs> when when people like that say that people yeah. take that seriously yeah. then, they, then they don't come here and start businesses you know i'll say Which, a lot of shitload of people are coming to Florida, but they're just they're not bringing any cool shit. Not bringing any cool old shit retired with people that are old ju- they're driving the housing property prices up, and then they're not opening cool restaurants. Exactly, like, damn they're, it! They're well, not guess, bringing any cool music or art yeah, with them. Nothing. You know? <laughs> well, all I know, like when we got here, when I when I took um, Adrian over into the Avondale Riverside area, because I asked my I asked my brother-in-law and my brother, uh, my sister, go, you know, where where do I need to go when we're moving up here to, to find this type of stuff because if it was up it, to baby. me yeah if it was up to me i'd move out into the woods in the middle of nowhere build a studio and just play my guitar and build yeah. shit and blow stuff up and never yeah. talk to anybody not that's far, just me not far from that, yeah. right that that would be where I, but she um 
is a little bit more connected. She needs to be close to civilization than that's me. That's how my girl is um, too. One hundred percent. I'm like, I want to move to Wisconsin so bad, middle, middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's me. And she's like, No, we have to be near a big city. Yeah, I need to be. Yeah, right. I need to be like in a city. I need. I need concrete. Yeah, you're a chick too. Yeah. Well, so she, so I, I showed her Avondale, and man, she was just like, Oh my god! She's like, This was Jacksonville. Go, this is Jacksonville. I was like, It's a gigantic city there's a whole bunch of different parts to it yeah everybody just thinks of McCool's yes yeah <laughs> you know. what's McCool's it's out of the beach I, Fionn McCool's like the Irish place Finn McCool's Finn McCool's yeah Fionn, it's Fionn McCool's I'm pretty sure oh that's done it's a shim shim now oh shim oh no no oh well, it's the, not the same thing anymore no isn't there one there's one in Atlantic Beach is that where we played with uh, Last Leave Oh, that's not called Finn McCool. Oh, that's the other actual. Irish. Either way, well, they think of that and they think of um, they think of the the, the paper mill that's not here anymore. Yeah, because that's what every, most everybody that's my age or older, mostly older. It's usually like my dad's generation. When you say Jacksonville, they go, "Does oh, the city still smell like shit?" Yep. Yeah, my dad it's said like, that no, too. It doesn't. And, and the Koch brothers moved it up to Brunswick, and now Wicktown smells like there you a go. dumpster. Does Georgia really? can fucking have it, bro. Yeah, if, if shit, I've been through there. I haven't smelt it. You just go there on a day that has air outside, and oh. you just uh, drive through on 95. All you got to do is get to exit 29 or so, right right as you're uh, going into uh, uh, no Georgia. My, I think uh, all, all my friends back home when I, when, when I came here, they'd always be like, uh, one of my friends is like, so what's it like living in the boonies? And I'm like, uh, there's a really – there's a city here, bro. There's a uh, – um, uh, a sky, a skyline. Like there there's, is a sky. There's a <laughs> sky. I was, looking for, sky I was looking for the word. Is, no, I'm just saying. Like there is no skyline. Yeah. Well, there's there, there's a skyline. There's you know there's people that live here. There's yeah. not. It, there's like a booming arts scene. Like there's not. It's not like the boonies. But like, that's how people down there and just in bigger cities think in general. Yeah. Where oh, it's yeah. like you know any, anywhere that's not where they're at is just fucking bullshit. Basically. Yeah. Of course. But I wanna. I wanna. I wanna be with the roughnecks. You know. I wanna fucking like build something here. Like yeah. I don't wanna. Fucking, Jacksonville's got plenty of that. I don't wanna go to a place with the fucking nose up in there. I wanna be the underdog. Jacksonville's got both of those things, which I like about it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. And, and that's why it's a great city so, like, and a booming arts community. So come you. here. And bring your art. Yeah, the dolphins. I mean, are you great. go, you go up to um, what's called uh, what's that restaurant on the roof? Post and uh, River and Post. River and Post. Dude, that's some of the best views of any place, and it it is a swanky place. I gotta, yeah, I gotta, some, one of I the gotta show you around, buddy, because I just went there where my girlfriend's birthday. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, but view wise, you kidding me? It's pretty. Like, I, it's I gorgeous. So. I don't know. Also, the roof at Hoptinger or a black well, so sheep. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, most most people have no idea that something like that exists in Jacksonville. Florida. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They think that it's all the boot scooting boogie down at the swamp, and like you know, everybody's dancing around on on the dirt floor. Yeah. And I was like. No, I mean that's a couple blocks away. Yeah, granted, it's definitely here. Yeah, uh, the Island Bar is open. Yeah, <laughs> um, I still never. Been. I've I still never go. been there either. I, I go. gotta make it happen. It's um, been like 15 years. I've known yeah. about that bar. I but every every time somebody comes into town that's, that we feel has a air of like, how oh, we're going to Jacksonville? What are we gonna hang out at the laundromat? We take them to River and Post, and they're like. Oh shit! And then like the drinks come and the drinks were six bucks a piece or whatever. That and is true. They go, you tell me this drink wasn't forty five dollars. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Oh. You have to fucking pay fifty dollar entrance fee and then right. pay for parking on top of that. And not shit on River and Post. They're like, we don't have to wait. I was like, no, we just so go. Many we just walk up there. Around there. River, yeah. River and Post is good too, though. It no? is good. I'm, I'm not trying to get a gig there. You know, some. No, no, no. That is what I was trying to say. He was just trying to say the view there is incredible, and it is. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm just saying, like, uh, there's like, wow, that's like 
incredible view that you think of. Like, I'll oh. show you a couple other places around town. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm up for it. When we, um, I mean, we moved here, and then three months later, the city shut down. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, you know, I know every bartender by name in the Avondale shops at this point, but, um, but like, yeah, Riverside shut down, which is dumb. I only got to go to Blue Dogs like twice, and then they everything shut. Well, and then, you know, then she got pregnant um, somehow. That, so that, you know. The Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Conception, she that's just right. just yelled Jumanji. That's right, and it happened. Uh, <laughs> it happened. Yeah, I'm um, still not sure if she's the mother or not, though. So, uh, yeah. I know he's mine. Um, <laughs> uh, so, actually, I, I want to talk to you before we move on to Unpopular Opinions. I want to talk to you about Carmen on Electronics. Sure, yeah. And... Uh, just how did you get involved in making pedals? So I, um, necessity, probably. Uh, I think, again, like other things, I, 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 I like tech. Um, I'm not so much of a software guy. I like hardware better. Um, I like guitars. Oddly enough, I, I don't, or I didn't at the time. I didn't play guitar pedals. But I started getting into them and started realizing the electronics on them were, were fairly uh, rudimentary as far as electronics go. And I took an interest and really just it kind of blossomed from there read a bunch of books on it watched a ton of youtube videos started building them and lo and behold they started working and i i under i realized really quickly that i would get the same satisfaction when i would build a piece of electrical equipment that worked properly that was something i was like shit man i'd play with this thing um as i would creating a song or whatever and kind of in that moment i sort of realized that for, for me, it's not really about music. It's not about anything. It's about creationism, right? I'm a, I just like to create stuff. Yeah. Well, no matter what that is. And uh, so I had a, a hell of a good time building some circuits and trying different things out. And then uh, a buddy of mine, Colin Fye, who's the keys player in um, Thomas Wynn and the Believers. They don't, I don't think they play anymore. Um, Hannah Wynn and the Lionhearts, some Orlando bands. He plays with Chuck now and they're all my okay. brothers thing. Nice. He wanted a overdrive pedal that he could use for his keyboard. For like his Rhodes and, and his and his uh and his Hammond. So uh but he because the ones he was using, I think he was using tube screamers. No, he's using a full tone, full drive. Um with the MOSFETs. The and these were analog, analog keyboards. Yeah. Okay. He's like, it's it just gets too muddy, man. Everything I'm playing down here disappears um and i can't get any nothing cuts through and i'm on the lower end of my keyboards done on purpose guys uh keyboard players if you're playing with a bass player lay off the fucking left hand. lay off the left hand. Uh, lay off the left get out of get out of the hands too much low what are you doing that's why the pedals learn how to make chords with your left hand and stay above c4 and get the fuck out or learn how to solo with just one hand on your right hand sometimes just get your fucking life together get your fucking life together god you don't have to take up all the fucking space listen you know what i'm saying just listen all right exactly so anyway (laughs) so i started looking into these circuits on really clean overdrives and came across um uh the clon pedal and so i i took that circuit and made some modifications to it specifically basically for him i i put a uh uh, a passive bass cut in it that the Klon doesn't have. Um, like Klon does a bunch of different things I won't get into, but uh, this basically takes the clean signal that goes into the pedal and takes it out uh, before it gets overdriven. Really, a really subtle thing. Doesn't hardly change the tone or anything. And then I, I moved the filters around a little bit. Um, moved them up to where it would, it would, it would cut the lower end 
at a little bit different rate so that just trying to free up some some air right so I, I didn't want it to change the tone that much i didn't want it to make the low and go away i just wanted it to almost the same thing as like if you're if you're looking at a uh, like a graphic eq of taking like a sliver and dropping it all the way down to like minus 24 dbs and if you're going through the mix you just like you have a really thin cue on it you know and scanning it through your mix to find just that one little area that allows the whole rest of the instrument to breathe, breathe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, totally. So that's what I did for it. And lo and behold, he started using it, and it and he loved it. It worked like a charm. So then I just took it and... On the Rhodes or the Hammond? Because I'm both. interested. Yeah, oh, both. Really, you put on both? Put on both. All right, interesting. Yep, he, he got two of them, I think. Um, and then I just started using it for guitar. And I, I almost remember the moment. It was when... I think I was playing with Chuck McGid and maybe Daniel Heights, I'm not sure. A couple of those guys, um, it's like sitting in and I'm a, like because I kind of come from the world of producing now, I'm, I play a lot softer when I play my guitar than yeah, I used to. Same. I used to just be a guitar player and we're dickheads and we just wail. Yeah. Just up. Now I'm more thinking about the sound of the entire stage right. or whatever and I like to try to lay back and then maybe find my like I'll, I'll go to the EQ before I'll go to the, the volume. Yes. Knobs. Yeah. yeah. Try to find my place because that's how sound works. Damn it. Imagine that. Right. It's not just volumes. Well, um, I think I was playing with them. We're in like Tangerays or something somewhere where all that's out the window doesn't matter anyway because you're in a, a, a box you right. know, underground. And those boys like to make frequent trips back to the amp. You oh, know, yeah. you'll be playing. And, you know, you're long about song number three, you're just like, where'd my guitar go? How come yeah. everybody's so much louder? And you need to keep noticing. You're like, they keep walking back to their amps. They're going back there to turn up. Yeah. Every time. So we keep doing that over each other. Well, I fucking, they're down there playing with super reverbs or something. And I got my blues junior. Yeah, you can't And I just up. run out of headroom. And so, like, two songs in, I'm just invisible. Yeah. And I was like, son of a bitch, I need something to compete here. So I used one of my pedals to give me more than I was like, shit, this thing sounds pretty good. Because I didn't play any pedals before that. Like, outside of my house. I'd play them at my house and, and just for fun and enjoyed tinkering around with them. And then used it, and I really enjoyed the tone. So I was like, well, shit, maybe these things work with guitars. So then I let Chuck play one or let a bunch of other people play one. They all liked them. Uh, like, loved them. Bought them. Brought one up here to you. You bought one. Yep. Chris Underall bought one. A couple of Jacksonville guys. Everybody, these guitar players seemed to really, really like them. And bought them. And, um... I mean, I haven't made another run of those in, like, six months because I sold out of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested about this keyboard pedal you talked about before. Okay. It's, it's, the it's the same, same one. Pedal. It's the same, yeah, it's it's same one that I have. It's, it's, the, it's so the Alpha Centauri one? pedal. Alpha, oh, yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Made that? Yeah, that's yeah, my company, yeah. So you, I just want to – I just kind of want to jump in here and say that uh, I am an official in, in Dorsey that's right. of Carmadon Electronics, right. and I have the Alpha Centauri pedal, and it is – the only overdrive. Alpha Centauri. Don't Centauri. try to pretend that you're not from this dimension. Sorry, I have a speech impediment. <laughs> uh, so, C Centauri. Uh, Centauri. Centauri. Yeah. And it's, it's Centauri. Italian too. Yeah. Italian speech impediment. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so. Speech impediment. I say yeah. I'm sorry. Dumb. That's what speech, I said. Speech impediment. That's what I got. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Uh, so, anyways. <laughs> Uh, I've used, I've, I've had the OCD, I've used the uh, TS9s, TS808s, I've used uh, different, I mean, all kinds of different overdrives. Uh, this is the one where I felt like this actually gave me more 
of that bottom end fullness when I kicked out to the point where I was like, that hey. is, that's the one you press all the time, like play with it. You're full of, yeah. When that, I had no yeah, idea. So, man. so that one usually when I, when I've kicked on overdrives in the past, it's like a tone sucker. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the reason why you crank your amp up when you have, you know, like a, like a high watt amp is that you want to get that fullness of uh, you, you don't want your tone to sound thin. You need to cut. Part of it cutting is to have that fullness in the mix, uh, and that bottom end where you can kind of feel it in your gut type shit. That's where that's where that good tone, that, yeah. that sweet spot's at. When you kick on an overdrive pedal, uh, it seems to suck all of that that kind of that gut that, that, that guttural kind of feeling you get in your stomach mm-hmm. when it's really like you know going. Um, and I've ne- I never found an overdrive pedal that just didn't do that. Uh, and then you showed me this one, and I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. I was obviously obviously skeptical. And then I tried it, and I was like, god damn, this, like, I literally need almost no volume on this thing right. before it gets to the point where it's, like, you know, ear-shattering. Sure, you yeah, know? it's loud as shit. Yeah, it's loud as shit. Uh, but, it, but it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't suck. The, it actually adds to the tone. Yeah. The one overdrive I've ever had that actually added to the tone. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I use the thing all the time, and I never thought that I would use an overdrive pedal ever because um, I, I play small amps for a reason so that I can turn them things up to 10. Right. I don't, and your I don't volume knob a, is your, is your yeah, control. I, I don't show up to a, a small gig with a, with a super cause I don't want to play on two. I want the amp to do the thing. So I'm almost always amp appropriate for, for gigs. Um, and I'll use this thing every single gig now. Um, just to add color to it half the time because like a blues junior is a little bit lacking i mean the one i've got's got the a couple of those mods on it that come that that help it from not being so um thin. so harsh yeah, yeah yeah it gets thin yeah um it just it's got that harsh sound to it yeah definitely it's, it's got that it's got a, a a hemp speaker in it um that the guy before me put into it it's the, got a nice sound what's that the cannabis rex uh no it's a different one okay. it's not a cannabis rex i don't think and it's not a it's not a tone tubby um, I forget, maybe a Weber, I forget, but, um, yeah, so it, it's, it's got a nice sound on its own, but the, the alpha paired with it is fantastic. And, you know, I, I give guitar players that pedal and I, I sure when I, when I brought yours to you, I told you the same thing about the bass cut knob and I was say, start with it on 10. I go, it's very subtle. I put that in there for keys players. Um, and it makes a drastic difference with keys players. I always tell people it probably won't do a whole lot for you with the guitar. It's because, like, like I said, it's super duper subtle. But everybody, for the most part, that I've given that to, especially Steve Honig, Steve's like, that is the magic knob, buddy. He's like, that knob is so magic because it just because I, I I cut that little bass down just this tiny hair a little bit. He's like, and the whole instrument just jumps out above the mix. So, well, uh, yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, with the uh, overdrive pedals or anything, it just sounds like, oh, you turned everything up. I was like, you didn't want everything. No, you don't want turned up. You, you want just, you just, you, you want to find your spot in the mix. Like yeah, you, you think wanna, of it just yeah. like mixing your album in a studio. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't make the guitar louder than everything. You yeah. EQ everything so that every instrument has its yeah. so- spot in the spectrum. A pedal will help you find that uh, a little bit easier than the amp will because you can you can mess with the pedal while you're sitting in front of the amp and hear it in real time. If it's a, if but, it, yeah, if it's know. a good pedal, you know, I mean, there's a lot of companies out there, man. Like, so I used to use a small stone for the uh, for the, uh, the the phasers, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it w- it's a great phaser, right? Uh, the, the effect sound very like throaty and kind of like I, I loved it but it also like the volume would drop out drastically whenever I cut it on sure I'm like okay well I'm playing like a 
like a funk kind of groove right now yeah. and I need the guitar to be that percussive thing yeah. and I just lost it by cutting this on right right and it's like so it's like you can find some pedals that that but then it's like you, so you turn your amp up to get that sound but then you cut the pedal off and then your amp just jumps yeah, up yeah yeah you know so it's like yeah it's like so it's hard to find a pedal that can really allow you to keep your tone while also just i guess the transparency you know yeah, yeah. where just it, it it just adds to your tone rather than really like sucking it out mm -hmm. or you know giving too much you know yeah it's hard to find that yeah i agree i not to uh like toot my own product's horn here but I, th I think it's the best Klon clone type of pedal um, for at the price point. At the, yeah, man. Yeah, because, I mean, it's 200 bucks. Shitty Klon clones, uh, like your lower-end market ones, they'll go for, like, 90 something like that. Uh, but they're, they're, you click those things on, and it's, and you're, it's gone. And your, they break. Your tone's gone. They break, yeah. yeah. Um, and really, really high-end ones. I mean, those will go for 350 400 bucks, right? Yeah, and then you get and they, they get some of, like, the, the, like some of, like, the... the like the original clones, which are going oh, for yeah, like you know a thousand dollars. So up, I, you know. Jack Mox got one up at the Mox shop. Oh, he does. Yeah, he's got it in the case there. Uh, I think it's a Gen Two, but still made by the original guy. Okay. And I took mine up there. I wanted to A B it, and that one sounds a little bit better, um, and rightfully so. But it's it's two thousand dollars, and it's <laughs> it's that big. Yeah, and if it breaks, what are you gonna do? Does it yeah, sound yeah, ten you, times better. What? Does it sound ten times better? No. no. Yeah. Well, no, no sir, it go. does not. <laughs> buy your pedal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, it, it, mine could do almost everything that that one could do in a little different settings. Like it wasn't exact the same. It was you had to do some different things to get the same type of thing. So it was close. Um, but I think that I mean, especially for the money, crazy good by comparison. And um, you should I charge mean, fucking more, bro. Maybe. We'll see. If, if more people start buying, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Supply and demand, baby. I'm a businessman. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, there's a chance, and I don't, I don't know, but there might be one on Joe Perry's board right now. Maybe. Really? I, I had a buddy who, um, a buddy of mine called me that, that has one of them. He called me. He goes, um, he's like, hey, he's like, I'm building a guitar for Joe Perry. This, these, he makes these crazy light up electric guitars. They're, they're berserk. They light up like the 4th of July. That's awesome. Like he makes them with all this, uh, like, you know, polyurethane uh pouring and, and there's leds all in them i mean when, nice. i'll send you a video of it, it yeah i see these videos of this thing and i i, I can't believe it it's just it, it looks like the, the fucking end of burning man i need one of those it's it's crazy yeah it's definitely your style right so <laughs> like i'm not much of a gimmick guy but i would do that like if you do that on stage people go holy shit yeah. they would all video you and put you on their instagram if you're going for likes on gram that, that will do it. Yeah. Gram likes. Yeah. Gram likes. Anyway, Joe Perry saw this guitar and told the guy, I want one of those so he could play it on with Aerosmith on because it's perfect. If you're playing in a stadium, it's a perfect guitar for that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the whole thing. Anyway, so he did that, and, he, um, and the kid goes, uh, he's like, hey, he goes, give me uh, one of those alphas. He's like, I'm going to take it down to Joe Perry and see if he'll like it. He goes, I was holding about it the other day. He lives uh, uh, in, in, like, southeast Florida over by Sarasota, like all those old rocker, rocker guys do. And... Um, Apparently, he has, like, a hundred clones, and he's always looking for new, better ones because, he, of course, he has he was one of the guys that they used to test the originals on because clones uh, from the late 80s. Yeah. Um, so he goes, but I don't take those on the road. He's like, yeah. so I'm going to steal them or, you know, get break them or whatever. So he took it down, and Joe took it. So I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's playing it. That'd it's be fucking dope. Fucking awesome. He should let you yeah. know. Duh. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, but, that, that'd be pretty killer. I definitely 
sent my dad that picture. I was like, here's Joe Perry. Nice. I made it, Pop. Yeah, I made <laughs> it. I'm not a failure. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you have any pr- proprietary tech that's in that, or it's just no. basically the it's, way that it's really hard to um, It's really hard to patent circuits of that nature yeah. unless, you, unless you build a, a component that is your thing. Right. You know, like some sort of uh, IC or something. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, because what I'm doing, it's some completely analog. That's can you problem, patent yeah. how electrons move from left to right? No, but you can patent the, you know? the, the, the method of which they get to those points. Yeah, you know, no, like that's the, like, true. But, I mean, I was just yeah. curious. Well, you know? for, for one, um, I couldn't because it's literally a, a clone. Yeah. But what tells me that you can't, um, or it's a, almost a clone, what tells me that you can't do that is, is because there's a giant markets of people cloning gear. And they sell so it. And it's have, legal. Do you have right. to pay out to the original no. patent holder? Well, no. so it's not not the same exact circuit. Right? Yeah, it's not the same exact. Yeah. The parts oh. are different. Like all the parts are different. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, all that stuff's different. The way it's does it's the way it's put on the board makes a difference. So it's not it's not a clone. You just you basically you take the same idea right. of how they manipulate a signal. Now how and you kind of how do that. So you there's like three or four different types of overdrives, and that's one of the main ones. Right. So like all all your overdrives are either going to be like a a uh, um, a tube screamer, or no, like make a, sure you say in the mic. Yeah, a, a tube screamer, or like a clon, or a, or a fuzz, you know. And then people just change them up a little bit yeah, from right, there. Right, right. Right? I, how did you how did you get into the actual like hardware making of this? Is my just question. Videos, man. Intellectual curiosity. And so when you're make, do you make this your personal hand, hand at yeah. home? Yeah. By you hand. have you have a printer machine now, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean that's. The business has taken a drastic change yes. in the last like eight months I've into noticed. a world that I never thought that it would have. Um, but yeah, like to answer your question, yeah, I, I wire them up in the house. I love, I love it. I, I, I design the circuit boards in a CAD program. Um, I get a them what a CAD program. What's that mean? Uh, what's that stand for? Computer assisted design. Ooh. I think is what it was. Yeah. Um, anything you see designed in the world is pretty much made in a CAD program, like three oh, okay. D printer, CNC routing machine, or anything. They, they make it in a in a 3d software thing anyway so you make it it's, it's all pretty easy like I could, I could teach you how to do this stuff in like two days it's you know I'm not Stephen Hawking here it's pretty low uh, I don't know for a better word low fidelity electric it's like electronics 101 okay. yeah it's, this, it's this, all analog stuff yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 I'm not I'm not digital I'm not getting into oh, that okay. stuff at all yeah it's yeah, all analog any silicon chips or anything no no no, right. no, no, no. Um, so and I, so you design your circuit board with all your components. First, you draw it all up in a diagram. Then you put it in this pr- program, and you send it to a, a circuit board manufacturer. They make your circuit board because I wouldn't do it at home. You can. It's not that hard, but it's – why would you? They're super cheap. It comes over, shows up. Then I buy all my components at electronics. When you say retails. components, you mean like uh, – capacitors, capacitors, resistors. Yeah, yeah, yeah all that flux stuff. Flux capacitors. Yeah, flux capacitors. There's one of those in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure. That's right. And then you, you know, you solder it up and and you and you put it in a little metal box and it's so dope. And it makes loud noises. I've always wanted to 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 make my own synthesizer. And uh, you saw the Moog Prodigy that was uh, in did, there, yeah. like that yeah. from the 1979. Yeah. There's not one computer. It's all computer. analog, it's all yep. analog yeah. the it's whole awesome. way through. Awesome. And I'm just like, I'm too scared to take it apart because I'm just gonna destroy it. But like, yeah, don't make, don't take it apart. No, I want. Don't I take want. it apart as your first. No. no, no. Yeah. Maybe make a couple first, that's a and then, yeah. But uh, yeah. uh, uh, I've always wanted to make my own synthesizer, and just and uh, I, well, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, uh, where they do the 
the, they they literally do that all day on on YouTube. Is where they take away take apart synthesizers and just like solder like this crazy like yeah, yeah, Frankenstein monster yeah. of a synthesizer. Yeah, I think that's. I just think that in itself is so neat. Like Bob Moog, uh, if yeah. you know about him, did you ever watch the Moog documentary that they I have? haven't yet? No. Uh, it was on Netflix when Netflix like first came out, mm-hmm. and then it's. Nobody cares anymore because uh, and he passed away a little while ago. But oh, did he? Oh, uh, yeah, like in 2012 or 13. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but um, my favorite thing about him is that he didn't he didn't play a fucking instrument right ever, and and uh, uh, he just he he just uh, like in his head like came up with the schematics. I'm like, oh, well, if you do this and all these things, it'll create sound. And he just created a synthesizer. Yeah. That shit's so cool to me. Yeah, totally. Uh, that that whole other aspect of it that's very overlooked is the mechanical side of yeah, things. Yeah, totally. But most of those uh, early um, guitar pedal sounds, a lot of them came out of the out of the Hammond organ company. Yeah, right. Yeah, they were doing a ton of stuff in that realm, and then they just they split them off. But the the electric guitar was first. Well, with the fuzz, the maestro pedal. Well, no, just the electric guitar in general with like a oh, pickup. Oh, you know sure, what I mean? sure, like sure. Back yeah. in the forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I think it was fifties. I think it was the forties. I'm pretty sure it was forties. No, 40s. it was fifty-two. Was the first electric guitar. It was for, okay, all right. Yeah. You know better than I do, yeah. but I I just think it's so interesting sorry, 51. to me. Um, you always what you always see like the uh, and it's in movies and everything too, but it's like. The guy that like has nothing to do with the music and he's never played an always, instrument. yeah, always. And then and then he's just like creating things for artists to play. Yeah, and that's this whole different well, mo- realm. Most I just of the, think it's really interesting. That most that, of that's those the early case. fuzz pedals, they um they started over in England. Like there there was yeah. there was one here. I think it was the Maestro pedal by Gibson. Anyway, they they made it. And it was this big old thing, and it didn't sell well. Somebody took that design over to. Was it Dallas Arbiter first or was it Vox? I forget. And essentially it went through like three or four people that just had basically music shops in London that were making these little amps or whatever. And it ended up in the hands of this guy that wanted to build it. Well, he had he didn't have anything to do with electronics, nothing. But he basically just like took the pedal and said, hey, I want to uh, I want to make this thing. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. We don't care. It doesn't sell for shit. So then he started a company called Dallas Arbiter. And then, and I mean, I'm butchering the story, but the gist of it is, is like, is it, he was not a, an electrical engineer from MIT. I think, I, I don't even know what his relation, I think he was a salesman, honestly. And he started the first, like, main fuzz pedal, that's the fuzz face, the original ones that then Jimi Hendrix started playing that became, like, the first pedal that anybody ever wanted. Yeah. The big circular ones with the smiley face on them. But know. again, like, not a musician. No, right? not a musician. No, it's li- just so literally weird. It doesn't a, make any sense. Literally why are, a sales rep. Why are, why are these, like, me- mechanically inclined people? Like, I guess that goes all... back to my everybody loves music. Yeah. And that's what's yeah. so wrong about it. Well, but the whole point is <laughs> is that, like, they, they're the ones who are, like, being the groundbreakers of uh, creating new instruments and new sounds. And then they themselves are like, Right, here's what you can do with this that I created. Well, because I feel so weird. I feel like in this, this They're is like God. This, You're like, here you go. This is this is this is a thought I just had right now, and it might be completely off base, but it's just I have to say it because it might be true. I feel like artists, like in the, in the like like musicians, are like the least like the lowest common denominator of 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 art. You know what I mean? Or musicians creators. are musicians are. What do you mean? Because if you think about like like people that invent things you know like, like, like the people that invented like half the oh, shit oh yeah they're the geniuses you know, not just, yeah. not just that. Or, or, or like or like or like you know uh, fine art so you know where, where there's like a there's like a skill here 
it's like we're just like taking sounds in our head and just putting them out there you know what i mean yeah, it's I like mean, we're not really creating anything but something that you hear yeah. right but versus like versus like 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 an engineer yeah. who yeah. has this idea and like has to study not just the science but then the the, the physical mechanics of it all yeah. and then put it all together it's, musicians it's, are just like yeah we don't, we don't even really need the science either we're just gonna we're like, and strum three go. chords and yeah. call it a day yeah bob dylan i've always felt that way <laughs> <laughs> kind of maybe that's why i started like learning something else because i felt bad i'm kind of like just play this stupid guitar should do something more. That's uh, probably why I like music so much. Is yeah. Because it's just so fucking like it's the lowest common denominator as far as art goes. It's the most soulful thing. I That's the thing. Is, I, I yeah. think it's it's the shortest distance between A and B. A being like yourself, and B being expression. Or that's a good know. point. Yeah. Because if it, it's hard to 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 get something out expression wise, especially in the moment, through building a circuit. That's very true. Right. That yeah. takes like a year. Yes. It's not. Yeah, it, music is instant. Sound travels quickly. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, like it, it's concrete. There's there's no flow state of it. You right. Know? Whereas musicians, we you're in the moment all the time, um, and it's it's just a bridge between you and whoever's listening. Of here's the thing, and here it is in the exact moment that I'm feeling it and doing it. And if you do it well, then you know then people feel that too. Obviously, most musicians for the most part, don't do that well. Um, and so, you know, that nobody feels it. But if you do it and they feel it, then, I mean, that's... You, nobody, nobody's really felt that from an engineer very often. Yeah. Right? Because it's just, it's a pure thing, right? Just, from me to you, here's what I'm feeling, boom, right to your face. Well, yeah, or if they do feel that from an engineer, it's just there, there's an entire thing where it's like you have to... Have, uh, you, you know, it's a, well, we, we need brand awareness. We need to like we need to educate the consumer. It's like right. if you want this massage couch to work, you, it'll make you feel amazing. Mm -hmm. But like we have to first create the thing, right. and then we have to educate people on what it actually is. Whereas music, it's just like just 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 play the thing, yeah, and they'll hear it, and it's there. It's well, the most instant expressive thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah instant. Gra yeah, it's it's gratifying, and you get you get the feedback immediately from your audience yeah. if you're at least you're playing live. That's why. In my opinion, that's why actors all want to be musicians. Yeah. Or, or why they all probably also want to be athletes. It's a similar thing: an athlete playing live in front of a crowd, to a musician playing live in front of people. An actor has to go like just one of the other large arts art forms. They they do their job, and it's like eight months later, and they have to watch on TV people sucking their dicks, telling them how great they are. Yeah. Right? So that's cool. They probably love that too. From from my experience of seeing actors. They all seem to like attention fairly aggressively. Yeah. But I think that's why they all start their little shitty bands, even though they have no musical talents. They're like, these guys are doing that, and they're getting that love from their audience in that exact moment. And them being narcissists, they're like, I want that too, <laughs> immediately. Well, yeah, because you know? also a, a, an actor... <laughs> Not all know, of them, but some of them. Well, but an actor, a lot of the times, doesn't have really much say in the final product you know what i mean it's like yeah. here's your here's your guaranteed rate we're gonna go ahead and make this movie and then your your job is done after the first few months and then we have post-production for like a year on this and then you see the end result and you're like hmm that's not where i thought this was going i really was just a cog in the wheel exactly yeah. and versus like you know them starting a band and seeing the in, like you're saying the instant gratification it's like well here's my th this is a creative creative outlet where i feel like i'm really expressing myself and i'm actually getting recognized for that right it's, it's you know? great if you have uh, uh attention deficit disorder totally what? 
being a musician. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Because totally. it's like you can do this immediately, and then you get instant gratification. Like, yeah. All right, not on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. It could also. Be, it could also. Be, ADD can be a pretty hard thing as a musician as well. Though. It is. I'm yeah. well aware. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, what, so when when are you making your your next pedal? Well, so are you making any uh, 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 delay pedals that have uh, uh, a dual output? Because that'd be dope. It's very specific. I know um, <laughs> because I, there's only one that does it. And no, only the, delay pedals with single outputs. <sighs> ever. Well, because everybody. That's one other thing that I. Why as a keyboardist I don't like. Um, uh, uh, there's plenty uh, of digital dual delays. Output, like stereo. Not digital. Uh, double uh, stereo, stereo output. output. Yeah, pl- plenty of de- pedals have delay pedals have those. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Just kidding one. You. I have one that has. Oh, I'm talking about a digital. Uh, I'm sorry, a delay pedal that has uh, a, a stereo output. Yes, I have. A, a, I'm I, saying. I'm saying they are rare. No, no, they're not rare. They're very rare. Just about every uh, digital delay pedal has a has a stereo. A out. digital one. Yeah. You want an analog one. one? No, I'm saying like yeah, exactly. Because like you said, you're making an analog okay. one. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. 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 So see, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I'm not dumb. So no. <laughs> yeah. So no. Uh, probably never. Like, yeah, just be honest. Because you know because. Analog delay pedals are the most, are, are the most like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, finicky. Not just finicky, but they're just they're they're not uh, they're practical. They're impractical. Does uh-huh. it cost so much like the tape pedals? Yeah, but yeah, and, and also the, there's no tap tempo fu- function on them. No, no. And also they don't sound as good as as the digital delays. No, that's what I'm saying. It's just uh, there, there's uh, I, I do believe that there's a, a point where digital overcomes. He's taking this. Real close to art. I was just like joking. I'm just saying. Sorry. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, I, no. I spent, fuck you. I spent I spent a long time when I, when I first got hired at the music store doing sales. Uh-huh. I, I fucking went off the deep end yeah. with the pedals and right. and like the, and how you wire pickups and all the different comments. I went off the deep end and I haven't really done much since then because I kind of got over it and was like, oh well, if you want to sound good, just be better, right? So yeah. that's why I started focusing on, but. So I, I'm I'm a little so I did a lot of research on on how these pedals work and and digital delays really when it comes to any time based effects you really don't want them to be analog. Yeah, it's tough to develop. What's the name of the guy from uh, New Master Sounds, the guitarist? I forget what his name is. He doesn't have any pedals though, and he's like one of the best guitarists ever. Because he, the music just doesn't call in. for it. Yeah, I mean they're playing All like, like funk say, jazz yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what you said. Just be better. I was I thinking about pedals. you know Derek Trucks is the same way. Yep. I was thinking about Derek making no pedals. pedals. I was thinking God, about making a really? Derek Trucks right signature now. overdrive. That's just a cable going through a box. That's, that's it. Hilarious. Yeah, and, and putting it on. Hell, I might just send it to his house. There you go. You know, hey man, I made your signature pedal. That's so funny. Yeah. One of my favorite like jokes. Just an empty metal cables box. like yeah. that is is the the uh, can I play with you guys? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about yeah, already? Yeah. All right, never mind. Yeah. But you, you know what I'm talking no. about? It's a quarter inch to a a, a, a one twenty outlet plug. Nice. <laughs> I love that. Can I play with you guys? Yeah, just plug it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I'll get you um, that for your. So break, yeah, then. so ne- probably never. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> so so what? I'm gonna say this as quick as humanly possible. So my business has basically taken a like a, a big turn into a different area because <clears throat> so pedals are hard to sell. Yeah, they're a lot easier than amps, because um, amps are two thousand dollars and they're big. You get eaten up in shipping costs. Yeah, because when you're talking about spending that much money, you need to know the brand. Yes, right? you need to. You're not gonna just be like, hey, here's two grand for something I've never heard of. 
$200 for a pedal though, a little bit easier, right? People will pay, I pay $200 for guitar gear all the time that I've never played. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, man, I heard it's cool. Totally, right? same. And that, and that that certainly worked. I mean, I made a good product, I put it out there, people bought it. I did the thing where, you know, when, when artists that I sponsor, um, you know, let other people play them and they like them, I'd, I'd kick them back, you know, a couple dollars and everything. So it certainly worked. I've gotten my pedal out to a lot of people. Well, so what happened was, is in the middle of my production, the company that makes my metal boxes, like the literal piece of metal that has the cool graphics on it, that all the guts go in, mm-hmm. um, they sold their company. I think they sold it to a company in a different space, just absorbed their machinery. Anyway, so that's by far the, the most expensive part of pretty much any pedal. Those metal boxes are expensive and to get them powder coated and all that stuff. Really? That's yeah, yeah. Is- yeah. Electronic components inside are super cheap. Cheap as fuck. Cheap as shit. Like 20 cents, I know, yeah. 10 I cents. I know zero about yeah, pedals yeah, yeah. at all. Um, yeah, the, the metal box, you, you get them to powder coat and they have minimum order quantities. And so that part gets expensive, like especially if you're a small maker, you're like, well, I, I don't really need a hundred of these things because I'm probably gonna, only going to sell 20 of them in the next three months, maybe a hundred this year. They're like, no, we need you to buy a hundred and they're 20 bucks a piece. And you're oh, like, no. shit, man, I'm not trying to spend two grand on, on these things and expo- expose myself that much. Anyway, so what they use is a, a printer called an, uh, a UV printer. Right. It prints graphics on hard surfaces, um, side of that Coke bottle, um, the top of that MacBook Pro, anything. doesn't matter. Like a laser thing? So it's sort of. No, it's really just it's an inkjet printer, but it uses um, ink that immediately cures when it's exposed to a UV lamp. So it's got a UV oh, lamp on it. Okay. So like if you stuck a piece of this couch in your regular inkjet printer, it would print on it because it absorbs the ink. Okay. You stick a piece of plastic in your inkjet printer, it prints on it, and then it just runs all over the place because yeah. it doesn't dry. It doesn't have anything to seep into. UV printer dries that immediately. So you can print on metal, plastic, things like that. So I had the bright idea. I was like, I'll buy one of these things. They can't be that expensive. <laughs> Incorrect. They are. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they're industrial pieces of machinery. Yeah. But I was like, screw it. There's a vacuum in the market. I'll do that. Then I can make my pedals still. And I'll do that for everybody else. So you did buy it. Yeah, so I bought it. So I moved, one of this, one of the reasons I moved up to Jacksonville is I was like, I'll start this new business. Um, so I did. So I started a competing um, enclosure manufacturing company, right? Got my got my got all my stock in from different suppliers, came in, metal boxes in one side. I would do the powder coating uh, in the shop. I had a CNC router that would drill all the holes. Was, was, sorry, this, the powder coating is like the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. So, it's so, so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Did Sounds that. really cool. Yeah, so do all that stuff. Powder cool. I was fucking around. <laughs> powder coating. Um, yeah, I did a lot of that at music festivals, too. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of powder coating. Um, <laughs> it is really cool. A lot of powder like, coating at Bonnaroo. It's like you're spray painting something, and then it like it's just powder, and then you and just then put it in an oven, perfect. and then you're done. And then yeah. it's perfect, perfect yeah, when you it's, come out. It's, it looks it's really shiny. cool. It's great, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so I started doing that, and you know, spent a shitload of money on equipment and industrial stuff, whatever. Anyway, so this stuff comes in. Long story short, I quickly realized that where my assumption was right and that there was a vacuum in the market, all these competing pedal companies to mine started ordering pedals like immediately. I was incorrect in my ability to produce them at a high level. Oh, no. Yeah. And so my labor costs, which were just me at the time, but the, the idea of this business was to scale it up and then hire, hire staff, um, was way off to where... Like I'd do a $500 order in my head, I would have that done in a day. That would actually end up taking me like two and a half weeks of, of 12 hours a day work. 
because just a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so that became unviable. And the other thing was, is I bought this giant UV printer and it was sitting in my dining room, um, right next to the damn dining room table. Cause I don't have anywhere else to put it. Um, and I am not from the printing industry, so I didn't know anything about printing. Turns out these things, if you don't use them every day, they tend to break. Oh, like a car. Just like a car, like yeah. any piece of mechanical like equipment. A like a Porsche? Like a Porsche. Like it's Italian. <laughs> yeah, just, it's like our, just like our Italian friend here. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, shit. So this thing started breaking on me, like immediately, because I, I didn't have the business where I was doing it every day. I was printing on pedals like once a week. Yeah. So it started breaking. So I'm like, shit, you know, I need to find out something that I can print. And I, and I had to learn all this stuff, how to actually use it. And, in the different color tones and, and all this stuff. Now, I've been a graphic artist since since college, so that, that was easy. I already work in Illustrator and, and, um, and Photoshop. So I started looking for products that I could make. Well, lo and behold, the simple guitar pick guard showed up to me one day as something that I could print on and print a design on. Right? Uh, a pick guard for a, guitar. A pick guard that goes on the front of your guitar. Like oh, yeah. the, the thing that's on every Fender yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah. I could take a design that I design or whatever that zebra print your the plaid print on your shirt whatever I make a, a, a digital file out of it and I can print that on a piece of plastic pick guard such as with with this particular piece of equipment because it has a the bed goes up and down on it so I can print on thick stuff or thin stuff whatever I just zero down. things that are plastic that I can get you to print that you, yeah just throw them bring them to the house things. I'll print on anything you got and um, I'm looking around <laughs> and so <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Chunk of your wall out. And so I start. <laughs> so I start laugh. making these things just with the idea of maybe a couple people will buy them. I'm open an Etsy store or whatever. Maybe a couple people buy them and, and it'll keep the printer running every day. Yeah. You know, I probably won't make any money off of it, but then the damn thing won't break to where I keep having to spend hundreds of dollars on replacement parts from China and shit. Right. You know, and just to shut my whole operation down. So I start doing that, and I start. I've got all these things that I've designed over the years, and I start putting them in pickguard form and start making new stuff or whatever um and people start buying them and this starts to happen long about the same exact time that i realize the other business is not working right that it's just it's a non-starter because i'm fucking up more pedals than i'm than i'm actually getting out the door i see yeah so i'm like hemorrhaging money um and these other ones are selling and have pretty good margins on them so i start putting up more stuff and they start selling more and it turns out, shit, people really like what I do, and those things kind of take off. And so now, I mean, to date, I think I've moved like, I think the first one sold around August. I mean, I've moved north of a thousand of the damn things. Nice, man. Since then, a thousand pick guards. A thousand pick guards. Dude, you're doing straps too, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, we just moved into the strap market. So the thing about pick guards is that it's a very niche market. Right, I mean, not a lot of guitar players use them. Like, it's not really my style to use them. All my stuff's just standard vintage. I pay, play an SG, black yeah. pickguard, way to go. Yeah. Um, can call it a day. But a lot of people like that. And to tell you the truth, I've gotten kind of a little bit more into the interesting thing about, you know, fr fr Frankencaster guitars and building your own shit and all that stuff now. Whereas before, I was just a purist. Gibson guitar and a Fender amp. That yeah. was me, you know. There you go. With an with a, with a Alpha Centauri in the middle. There you go. That's, that's what I'm rocking right and now. And let her rip. <laughs> yep, that's it. And that, that's still that's the way to go. I mean, yeah. that's, that's my, my bag. Well, um, but they're doing all this stuff. There's this huge community of guys that build their own guitars, that love customizing their guitars. And 
I love making the things. It's the, it's the most fun job that I probably had other than when I owned a lawn service one day. Only because when I owned a lawn service, I could drink and dip on the job. Yes. So that was awesome and just work shirtless all day. It was the best job ever. Um, but so people started buying them. And so I started making more of them and trying to satisfy every kind of niche in the market. And, you know, now I sell probably 15 different models, like from strats to telecasters to every kind of, you know, cut out because you got your Nashville telecaster with the two single coils, you yeah. got your humbuckers in a strat. You got, you know, yeah, yeah. HSHs and HSSs and, and triple S's and, and lefties and Hendrix Voodoo. Triple H's. The triple H, you got your triple H. You got all of them. Pick, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I should do one of those. Um, and people started buying them. So that is now certainly my main product, right? Um, and now they're on Amazon. They're you know on Etsy still. The Etsy is a good marketplace for that because it's kind of a custom thing. Yeah. Buy. Uh, they do really well on Reverb in my Reverb shop. Nice. Right? And so the thing is, is it's a lot easier for me to sell people that have heard of my company. So now I have over a thousand and growing people that have my pick cards that get sent to them with just they just get blasted with Carmadon stickers, you know, so they know who I am at this point, which makes it a lot easier for me to release my next pedal or more Alpha Centauri's. And they go, shit, man, this guy made some really good stuff before that I bought from him. Maybe I'll take a chance on his $200 pedal this time when I put, you know, I artists see. on my page and people playing them and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's much better art or brand awareness. Um, that and secondly, it, it is a, just a really cool product. Yeah. Um, for the money, because they're 35 bucks, so they're cheap. For, for what they do for your guitar, like if you're looking to make a change in the look of your guitar or of your instrument, the pickguard almost covers the whole damn thing. Yeah. For $35, you can get basically a new looking guitar. Yeah. Right? Other than that, you got to you got to paint the thing, right. which is hundreds of dollars. Yeah, so I always thought it was weird that you put it, it on crazy. there like this giant piece of plastic. I was like beautifully carved. It's just how they wood, are. And I'm just like. That's just how they are. Plastic on the end. Yeah, yeah. It's just what they are. So it doesn't scratch yeah. the wood. Up. The first person so that I can talk to about hardware pedals as a keyboardist, uh, um, I would look into, and uh, I'll, I'll only take twenty percent. Okay. Uh, but I would uh, suggest that you uh, figure out how to make a sustained pedal mm -hmm. that can never be broken. How, but how do we know it can never be broken? I'm talking unless like, we can do the, look into do the, the future. Do the TV or, or seen on TV sort yeah. of deal where they're like, it's in ice and oh, you I can, see what you're saying. You I'll, I'll replace it if you break yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Basically. That's not a bad idea. Because uh, 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 there's like uh, on the market right now, there's three different uh, uh, sustained pills you can buy. You have the mm -hmm. crappy Yamaha plastic one that'll break in like five seconds right. for like five year olds. Then you have the like second tier one, which will also break in a couple. Of, and then you have the good one, which is thirty five dollars a pop, mm -hmm. and it will break in six months. And I think I've bought. Did you say thirty five dollars a pop? Thirty five dollars. That's it. Uh, that's it. Yes, I'm just trying to say, y you could, you could. I bought that thing about uh, uh, twenty twenty five times. Uh, it just in the, the career playing music because Jesus. I break them all. The Sounds time. like a pretty good business model, if you ask me. What is? Just make them break. Just make them break. Make them break and then cost them thirty five dollars. Yeah. yeah, great yeah. idea. That's why they only I'm, make Motorola the last three thousand miles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get it. You don't think we couldn't have done better than that in the last <laughs> sixty years? <laughs> right. Yeah. Fucking put a fucking put, rocket, put on, a the rocket moon. on the moon. Just saying. We got the oil. So yeah, let's do it. I yeah. know that all it is is a contact hitting a contact, and then like it connects the circuit. Yeah. So make it. Ma me? So make it. I don't know how to do. He doesn't. Know how to well, do it. he he didn't know how to do it either. I'm just right, and he did it. So yeah. maybe maybe don't put the burden on him yeah. to start a shitty business model of making sustainable fucking sustain pedals. 
Yeah. Hi, you saw it there. I, we can call to be, it to be the only the, guy that makes a sustain pedal that nobody has to buy another one of. Yeah. Exactly. And it's called the sustain. That's why. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 why the they stopped making the light bulbs last forever. Yeah, right? yeah. There's still that right. one light bulb, but still going still for going. like over a hundred years or some shit. Right. But uh, that, those are like the original. one out in California. Yeah, and they and they stopped making them like that because guess why? Yeah. Because if you buy nobody one that never breaks, any, yeah. then you never buy another one again. Nobody gives any money to make the rest of them. Business model is it? Sustainable light bulb, <laughs> no sustainable business. That's a lot of puns in yeah. one sentence. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just you're just sustaining. Yeah. I'm just sustaining. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap this up. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Unpopular opinions. So yeah. we'll do our three first. And All right. Do yours. Okay. He knows the whole get, thing. I actually have four today, but uh, get four, bro. No, I know, but I get to choose. I never get to choose unless you want to take the last one. If you can't think of one, I got one for you. Okay. Yeah, I got one. Are you going first? Sure. Um, dad jokes are the best jokes. That's not planet. unpopular. It's actually very popular right now. Huh? It's very popular. It is, it is popular. Yeah, everyone loves dad jokes in, in an ironic sense. No, I'm saying not ironic. They are the They're best jokes. Funny. They're the best jokes ever. Yeah. I've never laughed harder than telling my girlfriend a dad joke. It's the best feeling I've ever had in my entire We're life. telling it. You want me to tell you one? No, no I'm saying t- telling the dad joke is, is the feeling. you tell your girlfriend that telling dad jokes is the best feeling you've had in your entire life to her face? No, but <laughs> I do love you very much, sweetheart, if you're watching this. I'm just trying to say. Yeah. I mean, your old girlfriend? I'm, I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. she, he can't, they can hear if you don't speak my Oh, mic. sorry. My bad. Uh, uh, but, yeah, dad jokes are the best. All right, you so, oh, have you seen the TikTok videos with the guys that do, that do the dad jokes? So they walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Those too. are really funny. But, uh, okay. I'm surprised so. you didn't even ask for one. I had, like, I don't want to hear him. I know. Um, okay, so <laughs> it's market research, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my first unpopular opinion is that I don't actually hate moving. Yeah, you loved it. I asked him. I was like, just You're like, weird oh, guy, man. man. I'm, I'm the weirdest. What, how do you? What do you feel about mulching the yard? How do you yeah, feel right? about mulching? Not into yard work, really. No, yard work. I love yard. Work. I do like weeding, yeah. though. I'm into weeding. If but I, not not just yard mulching, though. Yeah, like, I've done I don't. That. I don't mean pine bark. I mean mulch. I don't. I don't even it's know what all that means. moist. Yeah. Like mulch is the shit that they put in. in I know like what mulch is, but like what's mulching? You just, you just put you, it down. You put it, it down. Yeah, right. just put it in the yard. Yeah. yeah that was so the word. Like when my mother would say, she'd make me like take my truck and go get mulch at the store. Yeah. yeah. And that's what. And it was the worst ever because it's the bag is moist. Yeah. It's like wet dirt. Yeah. And it's Florida. It's gross. Yeah. 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 Pine bark, not so bad. It's dry, but she'd be. You got to mulch. I'd be like, I would rather, I'll do anything, anything else. I'll paint the house. Anything that takes a month, I would rather do than twenty minutes of mulching. And she'd be like, nope. Time to mulch. You're doing the mulch. Fucking mulch. I like weeding, though. I, I, I weed oh, in the shit, yard. Really? Yeah, it's kind of it, it, it give you, like, gratification. Yeah, because the, there's, yeah. like, the, the, the crabgrass, you know, that grows. Yeah. Uh, I like ripping those out and just seeing the fucking chunk of root that yeah. comes out afterwards. Like, oh, yeah, you weren't even supposed to be there. How about I, getting I, one from a crack in cement and that happens? That's a good one, too. That's yeah. nothing, there's no feeling. Or or yeah. the fucking the vines. That grow, Jacksonville has a yeah. vine problem, yeah. kids. The green, I forget what it was, but they used – so interesting history. I hate this. So I hate the vines so much that I did some research on why they're fucking here and only wow. in here. And uh, the reason why they're here is because um, uh, in the winter time, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, like a hundred years ago, or whatever, uh, they brought the vines here, like the seeds here. I forget, I forget from where, but they would bring them here to cover. The, the dirt on uh, on the crops so that so it wouldn't freeze over in the winter time. Oh, that makes sense. So, so, uh, I guess I don't know. 
So, but <laughs> but it would, it, it would make it easier to grow shit year round because the dirt yeah. would be the, the soil would be pr- protected by the vines. Yeah, vine dirt. But the, but Everybody knows but that. It's, but it's vine dirt. Yeah, it's like dirty dick. Yeah, but now dirty dicks. But now it's invasive to the point where it's like my the, the house I just moved out of. Like you can feel uh the 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 wood uh like caving in on itself in the kitchen because the, the vines yeah because the the vines are like overrunning like the, the, the underneath the house they suck the moisture out of everything yeah, yeah. the wood dries i mean they're wow. there's a lot the of vines over here all right i don't know how, how any of that had to do with moving <laughs> but anyways I'm going that's how you segue right one. there yeah. a lot of vines over here yeah. moving on uh, 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 this is a great one I love giving absolute strangers bad advice. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know if that's a if that's what kind. Yeah. Um, mostly when they're like, like financial advice or uh, what do you mean? Uh, Billy can't one, do that. one of like Relationship? my go-to ones for sure. I'm evil. I just give them the wrong direction. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had people do that to me before. That's fucked up, bro. I do that a lot. That's fucked up. Um, and uh, or, or or just like just like sometimes you'll go sit down at a bar, or I do a lot I'm a drinker, and I uh, uh, they'll be like, I just don't know what to do with my life or anything like that, and they kind of listen to their life story. Where are you drinking? Huh? I guess that's actually pretty normal at a bar. What? Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. But then they'll come up to me like, oh, where, where, what should I do or something like that, and I'll just be like. Go to Arlington no, on a Sunday out. night. Just give them bad advice. Yeah, got to give advice to everybody. Go hang out. Where should I go in Jackson? Let's oh, go hang out in Arlington, hang on, in Arlington. A, on a yeah. Sunday night. Right. Yeah. I hear nothing to do I, there. I'm just letting you know uh, real estate's real cheap. Go to the Mon Regency Creed. Bar. Yeah, Moncrief. Yeah. Moncrief. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, I want to open up a, a small business. I'm like, it's a perfect time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> Definitely get a high interest loan and open it up in Moncrief. I don't know right. why, I wrote, why I wrote that down. Okay, so my uh, second my, my second was Ed and Eddie is not a good show. Fuck you. I said that last week, but I wrote it down for this week. Suck my entire cock. That yeah, wouldn't show. take too much effort, though, right? No, not at all. Not Here at we all. Go. Not at all. Be, Quicken it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand why you don't think it's a good show. I just never like. I, I didn't like any of the the Adult Swim stuff. That's not Adult Swim or Cartoon Network stuff. Whatever it was, I really didn't either. You, yeah, because huh? you weren't. I didn't love all of it either. I, it's just it's weird. Like it was just the the animation just like, it was weird. I just you didn't just like it. Born at the age of seventy five. Yeah, imagine. that's what it was. Could you're, be. you're a Benjamin Button, Could except be. for you just never <laughs> got younger. Except for I like TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never that's got younger. I'm just getting older. All right, number three. Um, Gen Z talk sounds like cavemen speaking. And you sound like you were born at 75 years old now. What do you mean? You sound like a grumpy old man when you say things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. It's not popular. I'm opinion. much more willing to embrace that stuff than you are. Okay. Um, like, so I, but I don't get cap. I don't, I don't understand the, the capping thing. Like, oh, no cap. cap. You no, know what I mean? No. When oh, I say no cap, hang it's on, like, no, sh- like, no lie type shit. It's like, That's yeah. not a sex thing? No, 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 no it's no. like no cap. No cap is like, it's like, well, I'm not lying. Like, no, yeah, like, no, no cap. cap you're uh, not lying. No. My, my thing is, uh, uh, what you could just say is, oh, shit, what was it? You just say me instead of me too now. You just go, oh, me. Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a caveman talking? Well, I'm just saying, yeah. Me. I, I'm... I'm <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a little reduction, re- reductionary, but yeah. but but I do feel like it's not so much that I hate it as much yeah. as I just I, I'm curious as to where it comes from. Oh, facts, facts. That that makes sense too. That it makes no sense. Oh, facts. Yeah, facts. Oh, facts. Facts. facts, facts. You no, know, it makes more sense than it's a vibe. Using it in the context. Oh, vi- no, you don't even say it's a vibe. You say oh, vibes, vibes. I don't think anyone says that. Yeah, yet. that's what, what they, they say. That's what they're saying now. Well, the it's a I'm vibe thing really pisses network. me off because when they say it's a vibe, I'm like yeah. 
What kind of vibe are we talking about? Oh, oh, it's a vibe. It's usually like like a good thing though. Yeah, no cap. There's no context what for the it fuck though. Fuck does that mean? No cap. Uh, I'm was, into it. Just tell me where it comes from. There was another one that I I, I can't, can't remember what it was right now, but I'll, I'll think about it in like five minutes. Just yell or like, it out. Or to like you. the, oh, okay. like that shit. No, that shit drives you fucking crazy. That's, that's just uh, Cardi, Cardi B talking. Oh, people actually real. do that, or was that just the Cardi B? No, that's real. No, 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 no. People do it. People no, do it. It's 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 bro. It's a real thing. They do it as a joke. No, no. Yeah, it started off ironically, but now it's like a thing. People do it like for real, mm. because because it's 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 fun. It's fun to be ironic, right? So it's like people are doing it ironically, but they're, it becomes real. They're not doing it ironically, and it sounds like cavemen talking. Well, okay. So my last unpopular opinion is uh, I don't like to dance. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you move more than just like this. I'm not a dancer. Yeah, I'm, I'm a. a I, I am a dancer. Imagine that. I'm in a room with a Cuban yeah. and an Irish guy. Yeah, what's up? And the Cuban doesn't like to dance. Yeah, right. And the Irish guy is excited about it. Yeah. But I'm very yeah. bad at dancing. Oh. And I only know one. Oh, move. never mind. Nothing. I only know one move. Is that a river then, dance? Yeah, you would think it's oh. some sort of redneck dance that we said. And uh, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, sure. My girlfriend makes fun of me every single time I start dancing, and she's like, "You just, you just do this." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. Just do that the entire that's exactly time. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're Irish. Yeah. I mean, you know, Is that wrong? Like that. You might enjoy dancing, but you know, typically your people aren't very good at it. I'm just saying. No, no, no. Uh, we're, yeah, With the exception never... of my girlfriend, who's a great dancer <laughs> and also Irish. I... What? What's about Connolly, right? Connolly, yeah. yeah Connolly and Begley, yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> 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 Probably related. Somewhere. Little known fact: the Mains <laughs> comes from the original McManus. McManus? <laughs> McManus? That's probably uh, uh, Scottish, though. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that's true making that up. You're really good at sarcasm. Did you do your last one already? Um, yeah, now it's time your for turn. Kevin. Um, unpopular opinion. There are aliens in the universe, and they're not coming here. They don't give a Ooh, fuck about no, any of you. Good one. <laughs> it's a, it's, we'll never know. It's we'll never a paranormal know. deist philosophy, and mm. I like that. They're like, They're like... We know you exist. Like, we really know that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're out. Yeah, That's we're just out. Gonna be it. They're definitely there. They can't like, hear you, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this fucking... I know. Yeah, they're, they're out there. There's too big of a universe. They don't give a fuck. They're not showing up. They don't care. We're I kind of ne- believe and we're, that, And we're too, never going to know. And it's just not happening. It's not true. On well, June 6th, the Pentagon's supposed to be releasing uh, all the UFO stuff. They already acknowledged uh, it last year, but COVID happened. No, but like June... Conveniently, right? <laughs> Actually, no, here's here's the and I've been saying this for years and this is going to be this isn't so much an unpopular opinion as what I think is going to happen. It's going to be a super downer is extraterrestrials show up and they're dumb as fuck. Why? Like they get here and everybody's like, holy shit, they're here. They've got gravity drives and they get off and they're just like, duh. And that's they're like they're idiot, like they're yeah. idiots. I could see How that. How did they get here? Then? Well, they just they just got they like found a gravity drive yeah, exactly. in the backyard. They got, that's, that's they got it's, lucky. It's a, their natural resource, yeah. which is anti gravity. That's right. And that's it was just it. like we just. just oh, yep. I see. Yeah, yeah. That's how we f- we figure this out. And they show up hey, and they, like they get a slinky world? and they're like, oh <laughs> my god, a slinky. Yeah, propulsion technology is like fucking crazy. That yeah, type right. shit. yeah. So it's it's like uh it's like what Bob Lazar said that on Rogan's podcast where he was where Rogan was like, well, you know, they're probably like two, you know like millions of years more advanced and and bob lazar was like well you know maybe but also maybe not and rogan was like well why yeah. is it because that just might be their natural resource right there? the regular or thing something. Yeah. yeah i thought you were gonna say like a real bummer like jesus is gonna come back <laughs> i'm like oh no. like god damn it, we were having such a good time and now we all gotta be by my new house says that so no sure. all the time like can you imagine that jesus is coming no if he, if he did come back 
God, that would suck. That's you're pretty so proud of us, bad. right? Big news, I mean, man. <laughs> I mean, like, it would be great for the Christians. You all get to go party with them, but then everybody else would be like, <laughs> like, we're going to die. I'll, 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 I'll fucking. And it'd be like the apocalypse. I'll, fucking, I'll, I'll talk <laughs> my way into I'll talk my way into those gates, bro. I will I'll say this now. About it. Political statement, right on a pepper sticker. I don't want him to come back. <laughs> That should have been an unpopular opinion for next week, bro. You just ruined it. No, I'll say You're it again. Nobody fucking watches this. All right, dude. Stop saying shit like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Well, this has been an awesome episode. Thank cheers. You so much for yeah, cheers cheers. again. This is Excellent a lot of fun. Cheers. Thanks for hanging, guys. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Adios.